Yo, this is Sam's Sports Podcast. It is Tuesday, September 13th, 2016. I am so frigging excited to come on the podcast today because we have a very special guest who I think everyone out there, hopefully you're going to be hearing a lot more of him. My good buddy Shaka Shervington is on the show. He is an avid football fan. We are here to talk about week one of the 2016 NFL season. Shaka Welcome to the podcast. Sir, thank you very much for having me. I, uh, I'm so excited to have you here, man. I'm really, really excited to talk some football and specifically talk some fantasy football. One of our mutual friends, Shaka, Katie, uh, has pretty much coined a hashtag, which I want to continue and sort of keep it going. She's been calling me the hashtag fantasy Buddha. So uh, I'm trying to, this is almost like, I think I'm going to kind of make this like Fantasy Buddha Presents Sam Sports Podcast, because this is all going to be about fantasy football. Nice. Um, Shaka, for everyone out there, is an avid NFL fan just like myself, so I thought he'd be appropriate to uh, talk some smack about this past week's slate of games. He's also a big fantasy football player as well, so everyone out there can get some good uh, fantasy football advice from him. Um... But uh, I think uh, today uh, we need to start off with, we're going to go down all the games. Um, I am a big Philadelphia Eagles fan, and Shaka is, as he just put it, unfortunately a New York Jets fan. Is that correct, Shaka? Unfortunately. It's been a rough, it's going to be a rough season, and it started off, unfortunately, on Sunday. So, I want to start off with that game. Let's just kick the the show right off with the Bengals-Jets game. Right off the bat, give me your first reactions after watching that game. I mean, I, I just want to say, I mean, as a Jets fan, it's just another day in the life. You know, it, <laughs> it really is. It's just a summation of what it's been like to be a Jets fan for, well, forever. For, for Specifically for me since I was nine years old. It's just it's just heartache. It's hard to watch. Just disapp- disappointment at the end of a game? Is that what you're telling me? It's so much harder to watch now when you're like, you know what? They're actually not that bad anymore. They actually have potential. They've got great wide receivers. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is not a Hall of Famer, but he's got a pretty good arm, and he's a smart quarterback, which he likes to remind us all. And, I mean, their defense is good. Their defense is pretty damn good. Yeah. But they just finished. And, they cannot finish. You know, I got to put in there, Matt Forte, man, he jumped out as legitimate. I have a really big sort of skepticism when it comes to players coming to a new team. You know, I'm never really sure if they're going to – produce the same way they did in their old, on their old franchise. And I wasn't really sure what to make of Forte, but in game one, he got a lot of touches, man. Like, he was the workhorse back. What did you think of Forte in that game? Well, the reports say that he's healthier than he's ever been before. And, I mean, it shows. He had 22 carries for 96 yards, and he had five receptions for 60 yards. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he, 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 he got the workhorse uh, low, which I really wasn't expecting. They have uh, Bilal Powell, and they have a couple other guys who could have kind of given him, you know, a breather, but they really didn't let him have it, and he showed up. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a little bit more sort of uh, splitting the carries with Bilal Powell, but I didn't see that. It sounds like they're going to just keep feeding Matt Forte, and I mean, you know, I know that whenever running backs get past the age of like 30-something, they start to slowly write them off, but... I mean, he is not done. He's definitely still got more going, and I think that's something to be optimistic about as a Jets fan. Well, he is 30, and I, I kind of want to shake my fist at that whole 30 is downhill, but, it, you know, for the most part, it has truth. I think it's also partly 
that coaches kind of start to veer away from these guys because they're taking such a beating mm-hmm. over there. And I'd say the same for Matt Forte. And, you know, he was out there in Chicago with uh, Jay Cutler. I'm sure he took his licks, but I think he's still got plenty left in the tank. I just want to see uh, this production kind of extended a couple more games before him, like a true believer. Are, um, are you worried at all about Brandon Marshall? I mean, he, he had a bit of a quiet game, but I feel like he would have had a touchdown if he'd caught that pass at the end of the game. Yeah, I don't think so. I think he's fine. I think that was, yeah, he got a lot of red zone looks, so I think he's okay. And he just didn't put him in. Uh, Eric Decker, God bless that. Eric Decker is so underrated, and he's so good. He had this one great catch in the end zone. He just turned around and was just on point. You know, you got to give it up for Eric Decker because this is a guy who, for at least the beginning of his career, was like the number four receiver with Peyton Manning's Broncos. And, you know, they didn't want to pay him. And there was a belief that when he left the Broncos, he wasn't going to be able to produce. That's been the absolute opposite. He's been an, a, just a complete joy in New York. Even when Geno Smith was throwing the ball, he was still out there producing and yeah. catching. And I, I, you know, I listened to the ESPN Fantasy Focus football podcast a lot. Not that I want anyone out there to listen. to You can listen to that, but you should listen to our <laughs> podcast first. But they made a great point. They said something like 14 of the last 16 games, Eric Decker gets a touchdown. That's nuts. I mean, you know what, though? And that's also the Brandon Marshall effect on stage because you got to put so much focus on him in the red zone. You better double him up in the red zone because he's so big and he's so athletic that you have to give him that look. And Eric Decker just, you know, maximizes on the opportunities, really. Yeah, and he's a talent. I you can't. I mean, I started Eric Decker on one of my fantasy teams this past week, and it worked out just fine. And I feel good rolling the dice again with Eric Decker, even when he has a bad game. I kind of feel good that I started him. Yeah, he's gonna give you his best effort every time. I mean, I just want to say, can we can we talk about the Rel Revis for just like yes, like two seconds? I'm so. Can we talk about the Rel Revis for a second? I think I was more upset. During the game, because he he was getting eaten alive out there, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, this is it was my heart was just being torn out of my chest watching him just go one on one with AJ Green." AJ Green made him look like a fool. It was like a, a, a lion with a chew toy out there. Like there was one catch in particular, which I kind of looked back at again yesterday, and I was like, "You know what? You, you got to give AJ Green some props because he's really, really good. He's just that good." There was a pass. I think it was like a twenty yard pass. And Revis was all over him, and he just put his fingers out just another, like, five or six inches and caught the football and brought it in. And there's just nothing you can do about that. There's just absolutely nothing you can do. And, you know, so, some, something else I want to say, A.J. Green, at that in the post-game press conference, he was classy. They started asking him all those questions about Darrell Revis, and he was like, listen, this guy's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm just trying to do my best out there. Like, you know, he's not pulling like a Josh Norman, Odell Beckham, like trash-talking situation. He's putting credit where credit's due and is not, you know, p- piling it on the fact that he absolutely embarrassed Darrell Revis in that game. Well, that's the suit du jour now. Everyone wants to kind of, every time Darrell Revis gets beaten, everyone kind of wants to put on, oh, well, Revis Island's not much of an island anymore. It's kind of a peninsula. Or, you know, they just want to kind of play it up. So they're really kicking him while he's down. But, you know, he's still still good. He's a little older, but part of me sees eventually Darrell Revis becoming maybe a safety during the transition to a safety because he still has just that intelligence. Yeah. That position, but he just doesn't have the speed, and that really showed when AJ Green tore him up. Yeah, and you know he tore his ACL a couple of years ago, and he's getting older. It's just, it's, I mean, it's, it's father not, time. Right. The NFL will chew you up and spit you out, and Darrell Revis is going through that meat grinder right now. It's just hard to watch. 
Yeah. I, I mean, it was tough, especially when AJ... And it wasn't like AJ Green had a good day. He had a fantastic day. He and Andy Dalton, I mean, my goodness, really just... And now let's talk about the Bengals here for a second. So Andy Dalton is for real. I think from a fantasy perspective, he's drafted very, very low. I think in a lot of leagues, he's still on the waiver wire. And, you know, A.J. Green, even though Marvin Jones is gone, Mohamed Sanu is gone, you know, there's this talk about Tyler Boyd is going to come and, and step up and get some of these catches, or Brandon LaFell. But, Brandon LaFell had a pretty solid game, too. I mean, I think he... He had a pretty solid game, but the thing is, is that I don't know if any of these guys are legit number two receivers, and A.J. Green commands all of this coverage, and he still comes down with the ball. I think A.J. Green, I'm going to say right now, my three probably picks for, you know, just the guys who are going to be the best offensive players this year, it's easily Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. A.J. Green, mm-hmm. and C.J. Anderson probably. Really? You're high on C.J. Anderson? I mean, just looking at him, man, there's, there's just nothing stopping him. The only person that can stop him is him. Like, really, he's just that good right now. You know, I was skeptical about C.J. Anderson going into the fantasy football drafts this year. I remembered last year when he was drafted so high, and then <laughs> and he started off slow. And now I know he finished last season really, really hot, but... At the beginning of last season, he was really a dud. There was a, They were giving the rock to Ronnie Hillman. There was a real running back by committee situation. And I kind of I backed off of him during the drafts, but now I'm kind of eating my words. I know there's only one game, but that Thursday night opener against the Panthers, he was running all over the place. And without Peyton Manning, with no quarterback, I mean, they got Trevor Simeon, but really, now that they're they're relying on their defense and their run game like a Gary Kubiak offense, I mean, C.J. Anderson's going to be getting the rock a lot. And you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I think he's got a big season uh, revved up. I got a beef in general with the running back by committee thing in the NFL, but that's, I feel like that's speaking probably covering a few games because I think the running back by committee just is detrimental just to running backs. Like, if you're not getting that ball consistently. You can't really build up a good rhythm, and I think that was part of the problem in Denver. You know, I think if you see CJ getting the rock more consistently, more often, he's going to show up. Let's uh, let's use the Bengals as an example. That was a perfect situation with Jeremy Hill and Giovanni Bernard. Who was going to get the rock? They ended up doing like a complete split. Uh, you know, Jeremy Hill, I think, got the, the rushing touchdown, but if you look at their touches, it was split right down the middle. And as fantasy football players, we're sitting here saying, who do we start? And as real-time football players, you know, when you're in the red zone and you're Jeremy Hill, I think you want to have some confidence that you're going to get that carry. You're right. I think Jeremy Hill had like eight, eight or nine touchdowns last year, but if you look at his actual touches and in terms of the yardage, he really didn't do much. And he doesn't catch the ball in the backfield that often. That's more of a Giovanni Bernard Okay, but mm-hmm. Bernard did the touchdown, so it was kind of you know it had this kind of like who's gonna get the, all the looks this week, and you might have started Jeremy Hill, and he did jack for you. Yeah, you know, so it's, it's just too volatile to mess with the uh, the Bengal running back committee. If you had to pick one of those two, if you had one of them on your fantasy team, let's just say if you had to pick one to to put to start next week, who would you start, like Jeremy Hill or Giovanni Bernard? Ah, uh, the hard question. Oh, man. I mean, I'm going to have to go with the guy who gets the ball in the red zone, and it's going to be Jeremy Hill. I mean, even though I still just I don't feel comfortable at all with either guy, it's got to be Jeremy Hill. If it's within the 10-yard line, you got to give it to him. Yeah. 
No, I, I, I agree with you. I love Giovanni Bernard. I'm a big PPR guy. I like the fact that he's the pass-catching back, but you're right. The guy who I think has more of a fantasy upside, who's going to get in the red zone and probably get those touchdowns, I agree. Jeremy Hill, totally. No, well, no, I can eat my words this year because you, you did point out that Marvin Jones is gone. The news is gone. So I think when maybe Andy Dalton's either going to have a little more pressure getting that ball out and he might need to just throw it to that release now. So who knows? Bernard might see a few more catches. Yeah. I mean, you. I, I think you and I can agree that it would not be ridiculous to see at least one or two games this season where maybe Giovanni Bernard has like between 80 and 120 receiving yards in a single game. Would you agree with that? I'm not mad at it at all. That's pretty good assessment. Like there will just be one game where all of a sudden Andy Dalton is checking it down to Bernard for screen passes and one of them rips off for 50 yards, you know? Absolutely. Now, let's uh, let's shift to – let's let's – Shift away from the Jets. Hope hope for more promise for their next week game, uh, their Thursday night game against the Bills. But let's talk about my Eagles. So yeah. the Eagles had their home opener against the Browns, and they started the beginning of the Carson Wentz era. I mean, putting aside the drama of trading Sam Bradford, they're actually starting the rookie number two overall pick. What were your thoughts? Did you see any of it? Did you catch any of the replays? What What is your first re, uh, first take on that game? I watched the highlights uh, back the night when they played, and then I came back and I watched a little more of the extended just to kind of see Carson Wentz because I didn't really see him in the preseason, so I really didn't have an assessment. He missed most of the preseason. The kid kid looks good. The one thing I really have to say that I give him credit for is that he's very careful about ball placement. He's not – he doesn't – I don't want to say he's not a risk risk taker, but he just looks more – there's more consideration when he puts that ball out there. He's either going to leave it – where only his receiver can get to it, or no one's going to get to it. And I that, agree. you know, it's huge. It's huge. I really, I agree. I, I watched the game. Uh, I watched the whole thing. I went to a bar. I actually went to a really nice bar uh, not too far from me here in Austin, Texas. And, you know, had all the games on. Local place, great. Um, I got a nice upfront uh, seat to watch the, the Browns-Eagles game. There was a couple of Eagles fans around me. We were, you know, we were talking trash and stuff like that. Um <laughs> I, so I pretty much saw the whole thing. Carson Wentz had a couple of things I want to take away. Is I agree. He looked calm. He looked composed. He definitely made a couple of throws that were gutsy and where he was really trying to squeeze it into a small window. And I agree with you, Shaka. He was deliberate. When he was squeezing into a small window, it was a situation where only the receiver could get it. Or... You know, he would throw it. Uh, he he aired it out to the end zone a couple of times, and I think there might have been an, uh, a couple balls where I don't think he overthrew it. I think the defender got a hand on it, but they were all instances where he put the ball exactly where he needed it to be, and it wasn't a Sam Bradford checkdown city situation. I mean, he was not afraid to throw that ball, and very early on in their first drive, they he had a beautiful touchdown pass. To Jordan Matthews and I came away going, oh "Whoa, that this is this is that real." That pass. It was beautiful. It was perfectly placed. Again, only the receiver could get to that one. I mean, but I mean, if he keeps doing that in the red zone, just kind of that perfect timing and the accuracy, he's gonna have no problems in Philly. I mean, I was just—it's just so exciting. I—I I don't—I don't think you'll—you'll you'll disagree with me when I say you never know what you're getting with a rookie quarterback. And, you know, even with, I remember Mark Sanchez's first game, you know, looked promising. 
And then it wasn't too long after that he had a six-interception game. The wheels come off. I mean, you know what? Again, we're going to need to see this over an extended period of time. Let's see what happens when, no offense, it's the Browns. Exactly. Let's see what happens when they're playing like a team that has a pass rush that's going to make him come out of his comfort zone a little bit. Let's see how, like, you know, how he reacts to the pass rush and if he decides to try to squeeze that same pass in there or throw off the, the, the wrong leg. God knows. Because I've seen that a couple times this weekend where guys are throwing off their back leg and I'm like, how long have you been in the NFL? Yeah. So, like you're, you know, you're gonna get hit hard, <laughs> and if you get hit in that awkward position, you're gonna break something, or you're gonna lob that ball into the defender's hands, and it's gonna be a pick. I think he'll be okay though. He's got a, you know what? That offense looks like it's just trying to score a ton of points. He's got Jordan Matthews, got Zach Ertz. He's got a, uh, I can't remember this wide receiver's name. He's number three. He caught a touchdown pass too. Who looks good? Oh, uh, uh, Nelson Aguilar. Aguilar, that's the thing. It's pretty good. I mean, they have a couple. And, you know, uh, I think they're going to be okay. We just need a little bit more of a sense of time with that. Same thing, I, I want to say with the Browns, but, man, the Browns are just, this just looks so bleak. Dude. I think the bright spot they have is Hugh Jackson. Dude, I, maybe, I love Hugh Jackson. I mean, it's just, they look rough. Uh, I, I was looking at it. You know what, actually, I still think Josh McCown is a better quarterback than RG3. Yeah. So the fact RG3... I don't know what happened. He should have probably gone out of bounds. He should have slid out of bounds because he's as brittle as friggin', you know, an ice cube. China uh, doll. <laughs> he did you see the play where he hit? Uh, he got hit in the shoulder. Yeah, I did. His arm was just dead. I, was, I looked at it and I kind of whipped and I was like, "Oh man, get him out of there!" Dude. He came back in, passed right after that, and then his arm just dropped. It's just such an unfortunate situation. I I really want the, you know, listen, I'm not a secret Browns fan or anything like that, but I want the Browns to succeed. They've had so much, so much misfortune and so much mismanagement, uh, you know, to, to see RG3 get out there and actually look somewhat poised, which I thought he did. Um, yeah, he looked okay. He looked like RG3. He had a couple passes that were a bit underthrown. He still yep. got a laser for an arm, but he threw. He underthrew a few, and he got saved by his receiver. I agree. I completely agree. But again, we're not going to see it. He's hurt all over again. He's he's missing half the season. It's official. He's already he's been put on short term IR. It's it's done. Yeah. So I mean, you know what? I I've got Gary Barnage on my fantasy team, and oh. he did absolutely nothing. Dude. He did nothing in that game. He had nothing. And I, you know what? Josh McCown and him have a way better relationship on the field. So that's at least one positive. If you got Gary Barnage on your team, you're at least going to have a reason to not fit him every week. No, I, I completely agree. I've heard multiple uh, fantasy football pundits talking about how now with Josh McCown stepping in as the quarterback, you know, Gary Barnage's stock has gone up. Um, and I agree with that. I've got Barnage on a couple of my fantasy teams. He dropped a big donut last week, which was pretty painful. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with Terrell Pryor, too, because, I mean, who would have ever thought Terrell Pryor would be a, a promising wide receiver in the NFL? And he's looking legitimate. He had some nice catches. Got six boys, like 230 pounds. You know, got to give him his due. He actually had a great catch, uh, an amazing catch uh, this weekend. Yeah, I, I think it. that was the catch. I think that catch set up their, their only touchdown of the game. It's crazy. I mean, I, I don't know who else they have on that squad in terms of wide receivers. They got uh, this rookie. They got Corey Coleman, who also looked, you know, they both looked fairly promising, and that's Hugh Jackson. He wants to throw the ball down the field. 
Yeah, and then this is another example of their running back on committee. They don't really have a clear cut guy. They say Crowell, but every now and then they kind of bench him for uh, Duke Johnson Jr. Yeah, and Crowell got the carries in that game. Like, if anybody got the most touches, it was Crowell. He got the rushing touchdown, but I'm still not excited about their offense. Exactly. It, it looks a little bit. It looks a little dry. It needs something. I don't know what it is, but the play calling might be. They might have to take a few more risks. You know what? They're not going to be winning too many games. They and, might have to make some more aggressive uh, play calling. And the play offense. calling is going to change now that McCown's under center. Exactly. I um couple more things I want to take away with the Eagles is uh, Ryan Matthews got all of the touches out of the backfield. Not all of them, but most of them. Uh, I saw Kenyon Barner pop up for a for he had a carry. Darren Sproles had a carry, but I mean Ryan Matthews is the bell cow right now. So, you know, I th- I think I think he was drafted a little lower than expected. They thought there was going to be more of a committee there, but you know, with Chip Kelly thought- gone, this Eagles team is kind of going back to a little bit more of a traditional you know NFL looking offense. Then, I mean, we'll see. I mean, who do they play next week? Next week, Eagles are on Monday Night Football on the road against the Chicago Bears. Oh, they're playing the Bears. That's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. It could be a shootout, actually. Yeah. And, you know, you were talking about, uh, you know, is it Carson Wentz doing a good job or is it just them playing the Cleveland Browns? You know, they're going to play that whole division. So this season, you're going to see the Eagles playing the Steelers, the Ravens. Um, the the Bengals. I mean, they're really going to be tested with some tough defensive lines. So I think we're really going to see if Carson can show up. You're basically in the same situation I am because the, the Jets have a really tough schedule. Dude, this year, such so a hard schedule for the Jets. Wait, what? I said such a hard schedule for the Jets. I mean, and on top of that, there's like the one time where Tom Brady's not playing, and it's still and the Jets are not even getting one of those games. None. We're playing the Bills next week, so we're going to beat each other up while the Patriots, you know. I think all their games are home games, too. It's like, I think think the only one that was on the road is their opening game against the Cardinals, and they won that game. I can't even... Friggin' Patriots. Oh, God, we're going to get to that, too. That's... we got a we got a lot to get through. Um, again, the only thing about the Eagles I take away is Ryan Matthews and Jordan Matthews are both still studs. Zach Ertz had a good game, although he's hurt. Apparently, he dislocated his or he has a displaced rib. They're, they're saying it's going to take a couple of weeks, but you know now you're you're looking at uh, is Brent Selleck going to have to step up? He might get some work because you know Carson Wentz is a rookie quarterback and he's going to check it down to his tight end. Brett Selleck's been around for a while. He's a solid guy. He should get a couple looks. Yeah, and I think he will with, uh, you know, Ertz is definitely going to miss a couple of weeks, and the Eagles got an early bye week. I have a feeling you'll probably see Ertz come back after the bye. Um, I, um, next, okay, let's, let's move on. Next game on the docket. Uh, next game I have up is the Bills and the Ravens. I watched pieces of this game. It looked kind of ugly. Uh, about yeah. the only thing I saw was Mike Wallace's touchdown. That was about all I saw. Any game where the Ravens are playing is probably going to be a little ugly. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I actually, it's funny you mentioned Mike Wallace, because I think Mike Wallace is probably, I want to say my biggest takeaway from this, besides the fact that Joe Flacco's back and he looks good. He looks great. Yeah, I would say if you're uh, if you're looking to pick up a wide receiver that you you're in desperate need of, or just to have a good guy on the bench. Mike Wallace might be worth a look. Yeah. yeah once upon a time, before Antonio Brown was around in, in Pittsburgh, Mike Wallace was the man. I mean, he was the guy. 
you'd see catch all those Roethlisberger bombs. Yeah. Just catch I mean, it was his time in Pittsburgh that got him paid, and the truth is every other team he's been to just hasn't had a quarterback who could get the ball to him. Exactly. The system just was not built in that same way. And, I mean, you know, he took the money and ran to Miami, and then he was in Tennessee. Was in, no, sorry, it was Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Minnesota definitely didn't have the quarterback just to kind of air it out for him. So I think he's in probably the best situation he's been in since he was in Pittsburgh. So Mike Wallace is worth a look. And he had a great game, too. I think he had... Five catches, 90-something yards for a touchdown? He had, um, uh, here, hang on, I'll confirm. I think he had about three catches, but he st- it was his touchdown catch was pretty. And the other thing I saw is that I thought Kamar Aiken was going to get a good amount of looks and be in the passing game more than he was in game one because Steve Smith and Mike Wallace really commanded all the targets. And now... I never felt comfortable with Aiken. I still, I just, it's just a gut thing. I just never felt comfortable with him getting the look. Like being the like at the end of the season, he was last year. He was kind of the number one guy, but you're saying like it was more because everybody else was hurt. Yeah, I think everyone's saying he's the next guy up, but he hasn't really had. His, I don't know if he's had that game yet where he just kind of dominated. Yeah, uh, Wallace had three catches for 91 yards. So you know, but he was he got six targets. Yeah, I mean he's gonna still get those looks. Yeah, and Kamar Aiken only got two targets, whereas Steve Smith had nine targets. Like, Steve Smith led the team in targets. You know what? Kudos to that guy, because everyone said he's done forever, and he's still just still just out there battling. So, Steve Smith, man. Dude, I mean, he was ready to retire. He tore an Achilles. Like, it's hard to come back from that period, not to mention you're coming back at age 37? I mean, the guy's a beast. Dude, I, I completely agree. I'm going to jump out and start picking him up on some of my waiver wires because I think his stock is kind of low because he I'm didn't have an exciting time. game. But the fact that he got nine targets, you know, all it takes is for him to reel in a couple more of those targets and all of a sudden he's got a seven-catch, 90-yard game. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's doing PPR. He's perfect. And, you know, mind you, he can be that guy who does – you know, possession pickups, and Mike Wallace is your deep threat. He can give you big numbers in just a couple plays. Dude, the Ravens are a sneaky pick this year because I think injuries is what drove them to a, sh- uh, a shitty record last year. And now, Joe Flacco's back. The defense back. is back. That defense looked good. Um, Man, they were running into the football. They had, uh, what's his name, Tyron Taylor looked, he, I mean, he looked like a dare in headlights a couple of times. Yeah. There. They had Dribbling, and they, and they had perfect coverage on all his receivers, so they really, really put the pressure on. Yeah, can we talk about how bad the Bills' offense looked? And Sammy Watkins is hurt, too. I mean, they, it's just, it's not coming together right now. Dude, I'm, I'm not Ryan. feeling Watkins at all. Not feeling him at all. Rex Ryan, Rex Ryan is not happy. He's, he's ready for Sixers that they're going to be watching the playoffs this year. So, I mean, that goes to show you where he thinks the season's headed. It's And, you know... Tyrod Taylor couldn't could not throw the ball that much. Now they're talking about with Sammy Watkins, you know, this sort of eternal lingering foot problem he's had since the offseason. You know, I don't think they're going to have surgery on him, but he's he's probably no. going to rest. And if you take Watkins out of that offense, Tyrod Taylor becomes much less effective. I heard the um the comparison was to uh this guy's name it was an NBA player who had like the same kind of like hairline fracture in his foot, and they put screws into it, and he basically had to play through the pain. And towards the end of the season, he ended up having to leave to have a second surgery. So you know the injury reports in the NFL are always a little bit shady. So we're gonna see. You're gonna have to go week to week with the Sammy Watkins injury because who knows? He says 
it's something he can play with right now. It's just not going to be comfortable. But who knows how that's going to affect his actual cutting and running down the field because that's really his, you know, bread and butter is just beating guys and just taking it deep. And this so is we'll this, this is week one. Like, yeah. like you're telling me your foot is not going to be tired and beat up after week two or week three or week four? Like, is he going to play through this pain for 16 games? I, I'm very curious to see uh, next week when they play the Jets if he's actually going to have what it takes. I, 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 he's going to play. He has to play because they need him. I don't really see who their other option is. And Shady McCoy is only going to be able to do so much out of the backfield. I agree. He's probably going to get a few more receptions on some screen passes, but they need Sammy Watkins to play. Yeah, and, and Shady got a touchdown, but you know that was really just off of the one big play to Charles Clay. Um, yeah. But lucky I, play. I'm We're just, I, you know, I feel even lower on the Bills this year than I did last year. And I mean, they were, they were, they started out exciting last year, and they kind of fell to eight and eight this year. It's, ugh, you know, <laughs> ugh, it's not encouraging. And their defense now they're dealing with all these defensive. Um, they've got suspensions. They've got injuries. I, it's just disappointing. I do not feel positive about that Bills team. I've got Shady on one of my fantasy teams, but. You know, I feel like he saved his day with that rushing touchdown. But if that he didn't, touchdown. yeah, man. But that was it. That was it. They, they're gonna have to. They're gonna get a factor in for the offense. Well, they have no choice. They're gonna have to kind of take the pressure off Sammy Watkins a little bit and factor him in. They really need to kind of just feed him the football. It's what he did when he was with uh, the Eagles, and I mean, it worked. He caught it. He read it. He did everything, and you know, you just kind of fed off of it. It makes it changes the defense's setup. And you know, is it? Is Rex Ryan and that offense going to figure that out? I don't know if they will. Not according to Rex Ryan. Anymore. Yeah, not according to Rex Ryan. Um, the last thing I want to uh, mention about this game before we jump to the next game is the Ravens. The backfield, the, another running back by committee situation. If I'm looking at the touches correctly, there was a pretty much an even split between Justin Forsett and Terrence West. So there's still sort of a question mark as to which one of those running backs is worth having as well. If you had to pick one there, which one would you pick? I'm going to say Forsett, but I'll tell you all together, just, just to skip them both. Justin Forsett is not, he's not the future back for the Bills. I mean, sorry, for the, uh, the Ravens. He's just pretty much guaranteed at some point they're going to go back into the draft and just try to pick up a guy who's really just built to handle, you know, 16 games and to take a big workload. It's just not just a force that He's a big, tough guy, but he's more of a third down back. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. They, they, they still really have never, they kind of have not filled the void left by Ray Rice. Man, Ray Rice was, it was a completely different team with Ray Rice. Totally you really different team. Way different team. It's terrifying to look at the night and day difference. Um, let's move on. Let's go to the next game. Next one I have on my list is Packers Jaguars. Um, couple of things that I took away from this game was, one, the Packers looked good because they're the Packers, Aaron Rodgers, everything you wanted to do looked good. Jordy Nelson played most of the game. Uh, Eddie Lacy got most of the carries. The thing that did stick out with me, though, was the offense wasn't as sort of immaculate and smooth as it's normally as it has normally been, and the Jaguars have got a good defense. Um yeah, they do. They, I was kind of surprised by that myself. And you know what? Blake Bortles didn't look that bad either. No, he didn't. He actually looked legitimate. I he had one bad interception, but that was because the receiver just really bobbled a pass. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I completely agree. Like, 
I mean, Bortles can air out that ball. I like what the Jaguars have going on offense. I like Allen and Allen, Robinson and Hearns. I like those guys. Um, it, it was eye-opening to me to see them, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers had the rushing touchdown, but he was still only passed for 199 passing yards. You know, they I mean, he had a couple great, I mean, he, he pulled off a few Aaron Rodgers and was just... He just did do some magic Aaron Rodgers stuff. There was one where he was basically being tackled and he threw the football for a touchdown. I, I, I can't remember the play, who caught it. But it was, man, that it was, was uh, Devontae Adams, that one. I was like, you gotta be kidding me, who else could have done that? It was like, perfect. I mean that's that's a moment where you see where it's like top ten plays on Sports Center and it's Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Exactly. It was just ridiculous, and I was like, of course Aaron Rodgers. I feel like he does that all the time. Um, now something else I want to mention uh, about this game was I so I didn't watch all of it. I, I caught snippets of it. It was on in the bar, uh, but the second half of the game, I went back to the box score or the play by play, and I realized that the entire second half of the game was a succession of long drives by each team. So you had, you didn't really have any three and outs. You had the Packers had the ball for like five or six minutes and had a 12-play drive and kicked a field goal. And then the Jaguars had like a 12-play drive, held the ball for eight or nine minutes and kicked a field goal. You know, yeah, these teams are coming away with field goals, but what is it telling me that the Jaguars were able to put together a 10 or 12-play drive twice against the Packers in the second half. Like, that's telling me that there's some holes in the Packers' defense. It's very possible that the guys maybe just were a little gassed. You know, sometimes when you're uh, you're just dying to get off the field just to get a puff of air and some water. But, I mean, you know, also maybe you give credit to the, uh, the Jaguars. They look, the offense looks a lot better this year. I still don't like their, their running back situation. Still running back by committee. Mm-hmm. But, uh the guy that was a rookie last year. T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon, I mean, still, I wouldn't put him in as one of your fantasy starting running back. Still very kind of inconsistent, but, I mean, they look a little bit better this year. Now, let's speak a little bit about that running back by committee situation because Chris Ivory went to the hospital before the game started. Did they ever find out what happened? Because I knew that was still just like kind of an unknown situation. Uh, no, we have not. Because as of today, Tuesday the 13th, I've seen a report on ESPN saying that he has been released from the hospital. Still no details on what is wrong with him, except for the fact that they are classifying it as a, quote, non-football injury. So... Did he get shot or something? Or uh, did, did he have like a... I'm kind of... I don't know. I mean, that's... I feel, I feel like if he'd been shot, we would have at least heard it. But they're just... It's like mums the word or something. I don't know. Did he get kicked I mean, in the that, balls that. really hard or something? I, I don't know. But it does kind of talk about TJ Yeldon ends up being the starting back. He got the rushing touchdown for the Jaguars. That's amazing. I didn't even realize that. Non-football injury. I'm very curious to see what that is now. Yeah, yeah now I'm now I'm interested. This is where the this is where the plot thickens. <laughs> He's supposed to be the man out there. I mean, he, he came, he took the money. I don't know. I still don't know why Jacksonville gave him so much money. And they really have not gotten much on their uh, their investment. Not right. much of a return right now. I think Jacksonville's in a situation where they're so bad and they're in such a small market that they have to overpay to get guys to go there. That's true. That's I, true. I, I think that's really the situation with them. Um, you can overpay, but overpay for Chris Ivory. I mean, they overpaid for Julius Thomas last year. 
Um, so the Shad Khan, the uh, the billionaire British guy who bought the team a few years ago, and is and is more than happy to have his Jaguars travel to London every year and play a game. Good grief! A um, couple other takeaways: Julius Thomas looked good, um, had a touchdown. Yeah, he had one really nice catch up there. He almost got the touchdown. He got tackled, but no, he got a, he got a, a touchdown in that game. Oh, he did get a touchdown. He okay, did get I'm the touchdown. Guy. He hurt his ankle, though. Towards the end of the game, he got it. He tw- he tweaked his ankle, and there's a sort of a question mark as to, you know, is he going to sit out again? He's always had injury issues. Right. Um, the Packers looked like the Packers. Um, it was good to see Eddie Lacy get a lot of carries. That um, Eddie, Eddie was rolling out there. He was, he, was, ro- he was good, though. He had a couple of nice moves. He had one juke move. The guy is probably like halfway to, you know, Kansas right now. But he looked good out there. Dude, Eddie Lacy still trying to prove all of his haters wrong. <laughs> um, let's move on to the next game. Um, next, I have on my docket is Bears Texans. Um, any particular first take thoughts on this game, Shaka? Man, Brock Osweiler looked solid. Yeah, he did. I I, I can't believe it. I, I thought they what was it seventy four million they paid for this guy. Uh, yes. I was waiting for him to be like every other Texan quarterback, but he looks good. He had a really great pass for Hopkins out there. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I, I think we're going to be talking about this kid in the future, Will Fuller. Oh, yeah. Oh. Out there, man. That kid on a couple screen passes looks lethal. Amazing. Right. Like, we're sitting here now going, whoa, who, Andre Johnson, who? I went in on the waiver wire for this guy because he looks, I mean, we're going to see next week. But he looks good when they play the Eagles. But uh, Will Fuller looks like he's going to take a little bit of the pressure off of Hopkins and Osweiler there. I completely agree. I mean, he is he's, you know, there was a handful of wide receivers taken. And in the first game of the, of the beginning of the season, he really just proved his worth. And then when you I mean, combine him with DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, it's starting to look deadly with that passing game. I don't even know. I can't really put my finger on what it is about the. He just he's just got the he's got instinct. He's just got really good football instincts. And then just a couple times when I saw him touch the football, and I was like, man, that kid, that kid looks. He looks like he's got something to prove out there. You know, he looks like he's he's really going out there to get a new check, a new uh, contract. And uh, he's not very big either. He's kind of like a Steve no, Smith. Not. Like he's a small guy who just kind of gets the ball and is rangy. Yeah, he's got kind of a. Danny Amendola thing going on there. He's just, you know, when he's at the football in his hand, he just looks natural. Yeah, I completely actually, agree. I got one other point. I, I just, I, I can't let this go. I just don't like Jay Cutler. Jay Cuddles? There's all the talent in the world, and he's just, so just, just watching him with the football. I don't know how people in Chicago haven't, like, just dragged him out with pitchfork by now. He's just... holds the ball way too long, and just so many bad decisions over and over again. And it's impressive that he's still there. He has. He doesn't have any competition. There's no one going to take that job from him. Yeah, and he's. I think he's the longest tenured bear. He can't figure out, like, you know, he's got these amazing <laughs> wide receivers, and he still figures out a way to throw interceptions. It's incredible. I mean, he's, no, don't get me wrong. He's got a great arm. He's got a cannon for an arm, but it's just, I mean, he had that one touchdown to Eddie Rowe, and I was like, this is... I don't know, man. Why can't you do that all the time? Yeah, it's like a Jekyll and Hyde because that touchdown to Eddie Royal was beautiful. Yeah, it was thread as a needle. That should half the quarterbacks in the league couldn't make that pass. Yeah, and and, and yet and, and yet he always seems to figure out a way to lose the game or throw interceptions. 
I don't know if I should blame some of them on the offensive line because I know their offensive line isn't that great. But no, I just it's not. wonder if he's just holding well the football too long. And I mean, you got a stud in Jeremy Langford. Let him run the football a little bit more. Let him catch out of the backfield, take the pressure off. Open up the offense a little bit. I completely agree. Langford got a lot of touches. I was happy to see that. I was very high on Langford going into the uh, the season. Um, I mean, I mean, I understand why they let Matt Forte go. The, the, the kid is legit. He's not. It wasn't a, a fluke when Forte went down last year and he got the start. He. He's the real deal. He's going to be around. Yeah, he earned his starting job, and it was like, okay, now we know we can let Forte walk because we've got a guy who's going to step right in and we're not going to miss a beat. Another stud here is uh, Lamar Miller, who I think is Ooh. in the situation right Lamar now. Lamar Miller. Ooh. He's in the perfect situation right now because he is another guy. He can, he can run it. He can catch it out of the backfield. And this is why I don't like to run it back by committee. Get a guy who can catch the ball. Because it makes the defense respect you. Get him, pay him, and give him the ball. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Miller had a great... He had, I don't remember what his numbers were. He definitely had over 100 yards rushing. He had over... Yeah, I think he was the only running back with over 100 yards rushing in week one. And he had... Uh, I think he had like 50 or 60 yards receiving, too. So, I mean, just give the man the football. Let him do his thing. Yeah. And Miami just... Miami could not figure out how to how to use him properly. It's just thank God he's here with Osweiler and this Texans team because they've got an amazing defense. The offense is looking exciting, like you said. You've got Will Fuller. I, I mean, this is this is looking like a much dangerous team. And with Osweiler coming on board as a legitimate quarterback now, you know, Jadavian Clowney's on the field now. This team, oh this yeah. Texans team, is looking really dangerous. And what's his name is not even back yet. He's still coming back from back surgery. So he's, when he's back, uh, this is, I don't even want to mess with him halfway through the season. I mean, the only loss was Brian Cushing actually went out in uh, uh, in the game. That was about the only thing. That, I think he sprained his MCL or something to that extent. But Cushing's legit, too. It, exactly. But it, this defense is still going to cause trouble for many teams, even without them. Oh, yeah. um, any other takeaways uh, from uh, from this game? Again, man, if you're if you're looking for a wide receiver, I'd actually tell you before I tell you to look at Mike Wallace, I'd tell you to look at Will Fuller. He's, Definitely. I think he's I think he's a, I think he's the real deal. I mean, I need to see a couple more games, but I'm I'm excited. I completely agree. I endorse this message, Will Fuller. Next game on the docket, <laughs> Buccaneers Falcons. Man, uh, the big question here: Where is Devontae Freeman? Yeah. Dude, he was he was a complete memory, and it looked like it looked like Tevin Coleman sort of like gained the confidence of the coaching staff, and Tevin Coleman was getting catches out of the backfield. Like it was the Tevin Coleman show. Well, I didn't see this game, but I had Tevin Coleman on my uh, on my bench, so I'm looking at my points, and I'm like, why is Tevin Coleman? I'm like, did the Vernon Freeman get injured? And apparently, no, they're just splitting the carries. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, well, I think what happened, well, first of all, Devontae Freeman last year, the first half of last year, was, you know, Jesus and Ted, like, he couldn't be stopped. Mm-hmm. And I think towards the second half, he just, just wear and tear, or the magic wasn't there, or that maybe they just started to load up the backfield to kind of, you know, keep him down, because Matt Ryan didn't have a great year. No, and I think so, that there's a feeling that, uh, that um, Devontae Freeman, you know, kind of got hot. And then they started loading the box, and, and you know he kind of came back down to earth. At the beginning of last season, Tevin Coleman was the lead back as a rookie with Devontae Freeman backing him up, and Freeman got the job because Coleman got hurt. 
Yeah, and now we're back to, uh, we're, we're, we're flipping it back around, it's looking like here. Yeah, and, and it's looking like Tevin Coleman is stealing the job back from him. I mean, Matt Ryan actually looks, well, he looks better. He, he's getting the ball to Julio Jones. He, I think he threw a couple touchdowns. He yeah. looks good. He threw a ball he to Sanu and Julio Jones. They both had touchdowns. Like, the Falcons were able to score. The bigger story was the fact that they couldn't stop the Buccaneers from scoring. Jameis Winston threw four touchdowns. Well, Jameis Winston, I mean, look, man. Granted, it's the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers have got a few weapons out there. Mike Evans is legit. Mm-hmm. And Jameis Winston, he's—I think he's going to put some numbers up on a few guys out there. I, I, I think just because it's the Bucks, uh, don't sleep on them. They're playing the Cardinals next week, so that's kind of a rough matchup. That's going to be a rough but, matchup. I mean, I think I think the kid's got it. He's—he's—he's he's, he's just a winner. He's got that instinct. No, and and this is listen. This is the same. This is the same Sam Rosenberg Eagles fan who saw Jameis Winston throw five touchdowns on the Eagles last year, all right? You know, to, to give Jameis Winston another training camp as the starting quarterback with a fresh new coach who was his offensive coordinator, you know, I think the ceiling is very high for him. And he threw some beautiful passes in this game. I mean, you look at that touchdown that he threw to um, – not uh, it wasn't a Mike Evans. Somebody he was through it while he was. Ca- I think it was the Mike Evans touchdown. I mean, it was breathtaking. Oh, the Austin Safarian Jenkins touchdown. Yeah. Oh, oh. Man, they got. You. I forgot about that kid. I mean, it was it was beautiful though. I, I think the, the I don't think the Bucks are gonna be a playoff team, but they're definitely gonna be. They're gonna, they're gonna upset a couple teams this year. I think they're gonna probably throw a couple teams off their game. I want to see them playing Cam Newton and the Panthers this year. Just that's going to be well. For some reason, sometimes the Panthers just have a tendency to just get lit up in the secondary, especially. So that's you're probably going to be a high-scoring game. Yeah, and and you know they're going to be playing twice a uh, twice this year. That's a divisional matchup. Oh my god! One more takeaway oh, from it, this. It, What's that? Actually, there's been a few. There's been a few legendary books talking games. Everyone, I remember Warwick Dunn coming in and putting four touchdowns on them before. Oh, Warwick Dunn, man. Oh. I love thinking of great players who aren't with it, who aren't playing anymore. It's just like, oh man, where'd you go? The golden days. Um, the one other takeaway I want to mention about the Buccaneers is that Vincent Jackson caught. I think he caught like two passes in this game, but he was targeted just as much as Mike Evans. He and Mike Evans, I think, got seven targets or maybe even nine targets. So Vincent Jackson, I think you know his stock's a little low because he didn't get get as much work. But I still think he's going to be a heavy part of this offense. And Doug Martin was a little quiet in this game. I'm not worried about that. I think he's going to bounce back. He'll be fine. He's going to come out. He's going to break the chains one week. And some teams, some core defense is going to get stopped. Because that guy, sometimes, man, when he, when he breaks away, just, you're going to see like 150 yards rushing from that guy. Yeah, so you, he'll get out. You can't keep the muscle hamster down. No. Nope. <laughs> he's going to do it. Uh, next game on the docket, Oakland Raiders, New Orleans Saints. This was a shootout, to say the least. I am very proud to say that I picked the Raiders to win this game, which is quite a contrarian pick considering the Raiders have been losing for uh, uh, over a decade now and uh, have found road wins pretty hard to come by. But this thing was pretty exciting. Um, first, I find Jack Del Rio. Dude, Jack Del Rio. I love that guy as a coach, man. I mean, seriously, just the just the size of the, the brass ones in this guy. He should get his own social security number from because he he went for it. Dude, he's doing. He brings in defensive players. They've put together an amazing offensive line. Like they are truly building a good team. I'm almost embarrassed to say 
that I, there's still a, a strange part of me that's not 100% sold in Derek Carr, and I have no reason not to be. You mean, still, maybe just because his name is Carr? Uh, I can... <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think that's it. <laughs> I really don't. I just don't know what it is, but he, I mean, he's got weapons out there, so I, I, he's... I don't know. I, I might have to put my foot in my mouth by the time we're through the season here. Hey, it's okay. I I got on the Derek Carr bandwagon about midway through last season. So I mean, it took me some time. I had to I had to be, you know, wooed as well. I mean, listen, it's, when you've got a name like Carr and you think of David Carr getting sacked eight million times, you got a lot of uh, redemption. Exactly. So um, but I like I like what they're doing. I had a you know when he started airing it out last year, Derek Carr. Speaking of which, you know Amari Cooper worked out great. He revitalized Michael Crabtree's career. Um, yeah. And uh, Latavius yeah. Murray looked good. Then then you had these other running backs who I've never even heard of who were like putting on a show. This guy Jalen Richard. He had a big run. And that's that's something else that needs to be pointed out. It was one big run. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I'm still, you know, Latavius Murray, it's his job to lose. But if that kid, uh, Jalen Richard, can, can put out a couple more uh, big runs like that, they've got a problem on their hands. Yeah, and you know what? That's a pretty nice handcuff to pick up. If anything happens to Latavius Murray, who's to say Jalen Richard is not going to be the man? You know, it's, it's a good, it's a nice uh, security blanket pack. Um, again, the Saints' defense is atrocious, so atrocious that they give up a game, but their offense is breathtaking. Drew Brees, doing what he hey, always does. Drew Brees is my starting quarterback, so I'm not going to say anything bad about that. They have no but to shoot it out every single week, and guess who they play next week? They play the Giants. Oh, my. I mean, for sounds that he threw last year, six. I can't even remember. It's so ridiculous. Dude, he's it's gonna be another shootout. He and Eli Manning. I, Woo! I'm so excited about that game. I almost clapped into the phone just now. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's like probably my game of the week next week. <laughs> Dude, that should be America's game of the week. <laughs> uh, but hey, the- seriously though, seriously, Drew Brees, uh, was he 40 now? And he just got an extension from the Saints. And I mean, the guys turned how many people into? Just superstar wide receiver. And now he's Luke Snead and Brandon Cook to choose from. And people lo- people leave his team and disappear, man. Jimmy Graham, they just go they go and they disappear. Whereas he's making studs out of Brandon Cooks, Willie Sneed. Willie Sneed, I think, is pretty legit, man. I, I mean, think with the Willie Sneed of Brandon Cooks, one of them dropped on like an eighty yard pass in that game too. They didn't even bring it in, but just imagine just the damage. That Drew Brees is putting on uh, teams every year. Yeah, dude, I, th- I think it might have been Snead, and it didn't matter. They both just had breathtaking games. The thing that was forgettable was Ingram, Mark Ingram. Because, again, Drew Brees is airing it out. Why are you going to run the ball? Yeah, I think Ingram actually had a touchdown, too. He scored a touchdown. No, he, he came he came close, but they ended up not – he didn't get it. Eesh. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where I feel like you still got to kind of have him just back it in because let's say they don't actually end up in the end zone. He still got the short yardage uh, advantage over everyone, and Ben, and he's he's an, he's just a beast. You got to give him the ball within the ten five yard line. I completely agree, and uh, you know the listen from a fantasy perspective, the New Orleans Saints are fantastic, and you know just don't play the Saints defense from never an actual football defense. perspective. Eh. Just never play the defense. I I, I just I, I can't say enough. I love. The fact, just in terms of the situation that the Saints defense is that bad, 
that it's just it's imperative that Drew Brees is playing every week except the bye. Like you have to have him because he has no choice but to throw it like forty times the game. Dude, I love every single team that I have Drew Brees as my fantasy football quarterback. <laughs> Guy is money in the bank. Right, he's gonna have one or two games. He's gonna have a hiccup where he might throw a couple picks. But I mean, that's just. It's the nature of the beast. Like, yeah. I, you know. And Drew Brees, hopefully when he has that game, he still throws 375 yards as well. Exactly, because you'll get something out of it. Yeah, and you know what? Even if there's garbage minutes, Drew Brees will make something out of nothing. I'm actually trying to think here. Who uh, the Raiders are playing? Who next week? They're playing the Falcons. Playing the Falcons at home. That's going to be interesting. That'll be, that'll be very interesting. Um, moving to the next game, I'm going to jump a little bit backward here. Let's talk about the Panthers-Broncos game. Uh, man, you know, a little bit of shades of uh, Super Bowl there. Yeah, it was. Man, Broncos defense is just, it's terrifying. I would not want to be a quarterback in the NFL and have to face that defense. That that Broncos defense, I mean, and I was swayed again because the Super Bowl, I picked the Panthers to win. And in week one, I again picked the Panthers because I thought with the quarterback situation, I didn't think Trevor Simeon was going to be very impressive. And you know, for all, for all the excitement on the Panthers' offense, they've still got a great defense, too, and I thought they were going to gobble up Trevor Simeon, and it didn't happen at all. Yeah, the Broncos lost a few pieces. They lost uh, Dan Trevathan, and, I mean, I, I didn't think it was going to be a thing, but it just, I couldn't tell the difference. They, they sort of worked. Yeah. Especially in the second half. Cam Newton, man, he just he got swarmed. Yeah, he did. And I think he tried to do a little bit too much on his own. There was a few times I think he could have checked down. He could have used Greg Olson more. But, you know, there was a lot of running. And, you know, they just, that Broncos defense. And Trevor Simeon, great game manager, made all of the right passes when he needed yeah. to. I'd like to speak more, but you know what? He he definitely earned his, he earned his paycheck more than earned his paycheck. Yeah. And C.J. Anderson, man, God, again, C.J. Anderson just, Battling over guys, and he had one cut move. Man, he 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 tricked me. I didn't even see where he went to. He juked that guy out of his shoes and just ran it in. And he certainly uh, looked way more impressive than Jonathan Stewart. You know, I mean, it's just amazing how good the Panthers are, but yet the Broncos still were able to kind of suffocate their offense. That's just as testament. So they're going to be again tough to beat. You know what? Also, I just. Cam Newton's amazing, and the fact that he's got his wide receiver coach, Ted Ginn Jr., is okay. Yeah. Fast guy, just, I don't know, he sometimes just doesn't do it for me. And Kelvin Benjamin, who's back, who well, I'm curious to see uh, what happens with him, because he's huge. He's 6'5", he's 200 and something pounds. He's, he's a great red zone target. So I, I really want to see Cam kind of get the ball out to him more and not rely on Olsen as much as it's I feel like it's supposed to get predictable. I, I am really high on, after this first game, Kelvin Benjamin coming back looking the way he did, I'm really excited for him to kind of reassume that spot as a legitimate number one receiver for the Panthers. And I think that, uh, I think they're really going to make a lot. I'm excited for Kelvin Benjamin. I think that was the one big takeaway from the Panthers offense was that he's, he's back. And, you know, if, if you benched him last week, you should start him next week. Devin Funches is just not the guy. No, he's not. He's not the guy. You know, speaking of wide receivers, on the other side of the ball, you know, with Trevor Simeon throwing the ball, you've got to take a, you know, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders' stocks took a little bit of a hit. We're also talking about now Demarius Thomas may have gotten a hip injury that's going to keep him out for a couple of weeks. Yeah. And they're playing the Colts next week, too, which is, I mean, a season of bad defense. The Colts. 
the Colts just look dead out there in the field. This has been the perfect opportunity for them uh, to light it up. Yeah, like like it might be a very, very, very big fireworks C.J. Anderson show next week if the Broncos are playing that terrible Colts D. Yeah, he's gonna yeah he's gonna run into the crowd. I mean, the Colts just look. I mean, Andrew Luck is the only the only gem on that uh in that offense. I mean, he he really just makes everyone on that team just look so much better. And God, I feel really bad for the Colts because they really gamble on him. They picked him up. They let Hayden Manning go, and it's just been, been abysmal. I mean, listen, they got Andrew Luck. That's there's a, You can only feel so bad for that Colts team. It's going to be a while. I feel like he's going to be surrounded by bad players for a while until they kind of pull it together. Well, defense let's, let's go into the, the Colts-Lions game. So that was another shootout where, you know, and, and something we also need to mention about that Saints-Raiders game, Jack Del Rio had to go for two at the end of the game and could have lost the game. Talk about a yeah, gutsy that was a call. Big gamble, yeah. Um, Huge gamble. But there was something, it wasn't similar, but it was another situation where the Colts and the Lions were trading scores at the end of the game. I mean, it was back and forth. The, the Lions jumped out to a huge lead. The Colts, you know, in traditional Andrew Luck putting the whole team on his back fashion, dragged them all the way back, tied the game, and then they still figured out a way to lose the game. Andrew Luck is an offensive explosion, but you said it. He's got a terrible offensive line. He's got, you know, a terrible defense on the other side of the ball. I mean, can he stay healthy for a full season again? Are you? Do we see another? Do you think he? Do you think he plays sixteen games this year? If he's got to scramble as much as he does when that line breaks down, he's probably going to miss a game or two. I just, it, I feel a little bit like again, I feel a little bad for that, for luck because that cold line is just they're, they're shaky, man. They they don't make me feel comfortable. No. No, and um, what about, like, and just ask Frank Gore. Like, you know, Frank Gore's not bad, but he doesn't have a really good line in front of him to really make any, you know, give him any holes or anything like that. I think the Gore's best days are behind him, and really, he's, he's just taking a beating right now, especially he's not getting much uh, blocking. So he's going to be, he's going to get better this season, too. Do you, um, what's your feeling about uh, the wide receivers, T.Y. Hilton, Dante Moncrief? Um, I mean... I guess say the entire team's a wash because Moncrief and Hilton are actually really good wide receivers. Yeah, and, you know they give them give Luck uh, the opportunity to throw the ball downfield, and he's got some pretty reliable guys in those two. And I think he another young guy in the receiver position. Oh, uh, Philip Dorsett. Dorsett, he looks he looks solid too. He did look solid, and you know Andrew Luck, I think, fits a little bit into that Drew Brees realm where. When you're that good a quarterback, you will find someone to throw the ball to. He threw two touchdowns to the second tight end, this guy Jack Doyle. Yeah, he uh, he poached some uh, some touchdowns from my my tight end this week. Oh, yeah. Who'd you? Who was your tight end? Uh, what's his name here? Um, Dwayne Allen. Dwayne Allen. Dude, Dwayne Allen had a touchdown as well. Yeah, he it would have been a, a sweet week. Dwayne Allen actually, I think he caught a touchdown in. What the last three years, the season opener, three years in a row. Really? So I was hoping for, I was hoping for, a, hoping for a big opening weekend. Well, he certainly had it. I, f- I had Dwayne Allen on a couple of my teams. I felt pretty good about him because uh, I think a lot of people really were not particularly high on Dwayne Allen. You know, from a tight end ranking, and I think he's just not really known, man. And they've got to do. He's probably got to block so much more because that line is so shaky that he doesn't really get those opportunities until they're in the red zone. Yes. But Andrew Luck does like to throw to the, to his tight ends. Yeah, he does. I, I mean, mean I, 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 I think he's going to be a lot 
lot better this year. I think Dwayne Allen's actually going to blow up this year. I'm still high on him. I'm just, I'm upset he got poached a little bit this week. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you. I'm still high on him as well. I think, uh, you know, his stock is going to rise if he has another touchdown this coming week. You know what I mean? You know, it's like, oh, two straight weeks with a touchdown. All of a sudden, people are going to be like, why am I carrying Jimmy Graham when I could pick him up? Man, Jimmy Graham, I, I have no idea. I think, I think uh, we'll give Dwayne Allen a chance to get the Broncos. There's only so much that, that can go wrong for the Colts, but I think he's going to get at least one touchdown this week. Yeah, and it, that does make sense because they're playing a tight defense like the Broncos. You know, he's going to need to, Andrew Luck's going to need to work hard to figure out who to get the ball to. Yeah, I'm totally on board with that. Now, the Lions. Anything to take away from the Lions? The biggest thing for me was Theo Riddick was impressive. Very impressive. Theo Riddick, Riddick looks like he's poaching that, um, that job from Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Absolutely. And Theoretic is your pass catching back, too. Of all things. And you know what? Again, with the, the running back by committee, it's just kind of a thing this year. Yeah. Oh, also, you know what? Can we get some credit to Stafford not having Megatron and, and putting up some numbers? Yes. And winning the game on the road. And winning the game. No Megatron. He's got, he's got the kid on. Marvin Jones is good. And Golden Tate. I like that matchup. Golden Tate. You know what? He's going to be okay, I think. I think Marvin Jones might actually be. The surprise, because I didn't really think he had what it took to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He's just, you know, just getting those extra receptions because uh, the coverage of AJ Green. But we'll see, man. It looks, he looks like the real deal out there. And to echo what you said, he's got Matthew Stafford, dude. Matthew Stafford, I think, does not get as much love as he deserves. I would much rather have Matthew Stafford than Matt Ryan. Fair. That's very fair. I think Stafford, Stafford's a, a killer, man. I, uh, I completely agree. Um... Any uh, any other takeaways from the Colts Lions game aside from it being a shootout that nobody really wanted to watch? No, I mean that's really I, I can't I can't sit through the Lions game. I just can't. That was great, but I just can't sit through a game. No, I, I I hear you. I I had the same problem during Thanksgiving last year, or really every Thanksgiving when the Lions play. And that's going to carry on to next week because they're playing the Titans, and oh. that's going to be the game. Yeah, that's that's, that's an, speaking of the Titans. You know, that's another game. Titans are just it's rough to watch the Titans. Period. Um, they got too many weapons, but Marcus Mariota. I, I, I'm still kind of trying to figure out if he's got more of a ceiling, or is this what we're going to kind of live with? Is this one time he's got some great tackles, and another time, what the hell were you thinking throwing that? Yeah, yeah. I, well, let's shift to that game, the Vikings Titans game. Um, I think the story of that game was the Vikings defense, which is really the story of their whole team. But Mariota. You know, now we're looking at Jameis Winston and Marcus Mariota are the two big guys from last year's draft class. You know, I think Winston is certainly taking a step forward and is primed to continue, but what about Mariota? I mean, do you feel like you're going to see improvement this season? It's hard to tell right now. That Vikings defense is good, though. Let's let's get that out of the way first. That Vikings defense is not a fluke. No. That one pick six he threw... I mean, that's just because of the pressure that that front seven can put on you. Yeah. So that's not a fluke. I just, I'm wondering if Mariota's just, it looks a couple times he's made some mistakes, especially last year. I remember he started off the season, he had that fourth touchdown game, and the game immediately after, he just, just barreled out, and it was just kind of like this complete regression. But I'm just wondering, if you put enough pressure on him, does he crumble in the pocket? And it looked like it against the Vikings. So I, it's kind of one of those things. I'm still waiting to see. The verdict's still out on if Mariota's going to be 
the superstar here. I'm also going to throw out there that I think that some of this has to do with coaching and organization. I think Tennessee is a very terribly run organization. I think they've got an issue with coaching. I'm not really, I do not particularly care for Mike Malarkey as the head coach. I don't think uh, he's, I mean, I don't think he's, listen, I don't think he's a terrible coach, but it's like, that was a really lukewarm hiring. And Malarkey's not a winner, really. No, no, he's not. And, you know, there's, you've got all types of new people now. They cut Bishop Sankey. They cut David Cobb. Now they've got Derek Henry and DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray got plenty of work. Um Henry looked good too. They uh, both the running backs actually looked pretty solid on the field. Yeah, Henry had a he had a big um, run. Mhm, mhm. And and Demarco Murray got uh, two touchdowns in the passing game. Like both touchdowns that Mariota threw were to Demarco Murray. Yeah, Demarco Murray actually saved him because one of those passes was a little bit overthrown. Mm-hmm. And Murray, it had that awesome dive into the end zone. End zone. So uh, I mean, it, Murray. From a fantasy perspective, Murray is probably, you know, at least for the time being, we know he's going to get work. I think definitely the Titans are going to need to kind of kind of shift it to the run game a little bit just to mark uh, Mariota, I don't know. He, he needs a little, I think he needs a little more confidence out there. Do you, are you scared at all about Adrian Peterson having a poor day? <sighs> I mean... I had to look at the numbers on that, and Adrian Peterson apparently never has a good opening game for. It's true. For the last this, this is this is not unheard of. I think they said he hasn't had a, a great opening day game since like 2009. So I mean, I'm gonna go ahead and chalk this one up as you know what. Also, not forget Teddy Bridgewater. Unfortunately, is down. Yeah. And who's the starting quarterback for the Vikings now? Sean Hill. Right now, it's Sean Hill. It was passable, but I mean, he's not your—he's not the guy who's going to take you to playoffs. And I mean, until Bradford kind of figures out the offense, it's—it's it's obvious what the the defensive strategy is going to be. Is when Pierce is on the field, you load up and you stuff the run and just dare him to throw the football. Yeah, it's really what's out there. Yeah, no, I, I love Stephon Diggs. I love Stephon Diggs. So is Stephon Diggs the number one guy? Is that like do we do we have enough evidence to say he's the number one wide receiver in Minnesota? I've been high on him since last year. I I went in on him last year, and a couple times I played him, and he he gets a lot of looks. He gets a lot of targets. He's not a deep threat. He's fast, but he's not a deep threat. But he's that guy who will throw it. You get 17 yards, 22, 15. Like he's just he's a possession receiver, and he's got that quick first step after he catches the football. Mm-hmm. So I'm very high on Stephon Diggs. I uh, I like him as well. I actually picked him up in one of my leagues to replace Keenan Allen, who is now down oh, for the year. Yeah. Again, you know, um, the, the the last thing I'll mention about this Vikings game was just how breathtaking the defense was. They scored two defensive touchdowns. I started the Vikings defense on a couple of my teams. I was very pleased. Um, nice. I, I'm believing that that Vikings defense will probably continue this season. Um, let's Speaking of Keenan Allen, let's go to the next game on the docket, the Chargers and the Chiefs game. Um, you want to talk about a shootout? I read a great article today on The Ringer. Dot com, uh, where they talked about how the Chargers game reflected having Keenan Allen and not having Keenan Allen. They went up 21 to three. They looked amazing. Keenan Allen got like, you know, eight or nine targets. Then he goes down, he leaves at halftime. And in the second half, the Chiefs came back and just scored all over them, took them to overtime and won. I mean, I felt like the Chargers from last year all over again. They just couldn't hold it together. Um, Poor but, Keenan Allen, he got hurt as just a, like a freak play. I think he tried to cut to the yeah. outside, and 
he just went down. It was a it was a non-contact injury. It was like Jordy Nelson last year. Like he made a juke and just crumbled to the ground and grabbed his knee. Man, that was that was hard to I feel bad because I think he did he rupture his kidney or his spleen last year. He lacerated his kidney last year. Yeah, such a stupid talent and just some really bad luck again, second year in a row. I just I feel that's something, and I think I'll say this now. I'll say it many many times after this. It pains me to see players get hurt like that because I want to see players play. And for a guy as good as Keenan Allen to miss half of last year and then to have so much optimism and so much promise for this season, and you know he's the best receiver on that Charger team to go down so fast. And and he was having a great game. Easily the best. I mean, I remember a game last year, and I was facing off against someone in uh, fantasy. And I was looking at the numbers, and he had 17 catches for like 200-something yards. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, I can't catch a break with this guy. You're sitting there going, clearly what's going on here is Keenan Allen is an absolute freak of nature, and he's killing me in this game. Can you triple cover this guy, please? It's obvious who Rivers likes to throw to. Like, Philip Rivers loves Keenan Allen more than he likes Vincent Jackson. Probably more than he ever liked Antonio Gates, I would say. But, whoa, you know, whoa. You're, now you're saying I know. something. <laughs> I know. Antonio Gates, unfortunately, is still around, but he's just not going to be that same just dominant guy in the red zone anymore. I feel like Keenan Allen, you can throw to him 30, 40 times a game, and he's going to come up, let's say, maybe four out of those five passes, always just, he's there for you. I completely agree. It's just painful to see him go down. And uh, uh, to stay on that topic... Who's going to get his catches? So we know Antonio Gates is still out there. We know Danny Woodhead, I think, who had the only touchdown, the only receiving touchdown from Phillip Rivers in this game. Um, Travis Benjamin. Travis Benjamin. But then part of me sort of sitting here thinking, can Travis Benjamin play the same game as Keenan Allen? Can he truly run those routes? He really can't. Travis Benjamin is your deep threat. He's the guy you expect to catch, you know, some... 50, 60 yard bombs, but he's just not going to be like a possession receiver. So I think Denny Woodhead is going to be the uh, the big winner. Like in fantasy, if you need a guy, probably just a, a third running back, Denny Woodhead is probably going to be the guy who gets you know points per reception. Right. And he, he had a great game, actually, if I recall. No, he did. He yeah. did. He actually got a little bit more work than Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon, who showed up with two rushing touchdowns and actually looked pretty impressive. Um, but Danny Woodhead is it is Danny Woodhead is still clearly involved in this offense heavily, and in, and I agree with you. I think he he will be utilized much more now that Keenan Allen is gone. But what do you think about this guy Terrell Williams, this second year receiver who started getting more work in the second half? I honestly don't know much about him, and I wonder if the charges this. I mean, obviously, who expects your number one guy to kind of go down like that? So I think they. I really think that was a situation where they had no choice; they had to put him on the field, and he probably. Just, you know, he, he showed up and he, he handled his business. Yeah. But I, I, it, it's hard, man. It, it, it's really tough to kind of have a game plan around one guy and have him go down and just have everyone kind of – and it shows, too. Chiefs came back and they just stopped all over him after that. Yeah. It was, it was really rough to – I mean, I didn't – you know, I didn't want to wish that upon the Chargers. I kind of have, like, a secret love for the Chargers. I just – I don't know. I like them. I like – I'm a big Phillip Rivers fan. <laughs> Um, but it's it's just they found a way to lose in in dramatic fashion the last couple of years, and yesterday's uh, game was no different. Let's give let's give the Chiefs some credit. Though. I mean, Stephen Ware, 
where did you come from? What happened? And all of a sudden, this guy's catching passes out of the backfield and absolutely looking, you know, like that's his job to lose. Wait, so you're talking about Spencer Ware, right? Sorry, Spencer Ware. I said Steven. What, whatever. The, 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 that guy. <laughs> whatever his name is. I'm, I'm really... So, do you think he's going to replicate that next week? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm confused because if I remember, Sharkandrick West was the guy last year. Yeah, that's what, when Jamal Charles went down, West got the ball. So I was sitting there saying, why is Ware the starter? And so I don't know what happened. I don't know if Sharkandrick West had some kind of injury or if there's something behind the scenes. But I, I, I don't know where. It's like Stephen Ware's getting the start. I said, okay. And then you look and Stephen Ware's actually catching the football now. Dude, he had seven catches for 129 receiving yards, and that's not even counting what he did on the ground. He looked like a beast. He looked like a beast out there. And Sharkandrick West barely got any touches. Yeah. Sharkandrick West was involved, but you're right. He barely got any touches. So would you be would you feel comfortable rolling with Spencer Ware next week? Like, if, if we get an injury report saying Jamal Charles isn't going to play, what do you think? I don't know if Jamal Charles is actually good. It doesn't sound optimistic. It doesn't sound like he's definitely going to be back. Dude, he's coming back from a second ACL tear. I don't feel optimistic yeah. about all, at all about this. Yeah, you don't rush that. I mean, I've won, I also, I'm like one of the biggest Jamal Charles fans on earth. I love that guy. I mean, he's just, in terms of yards on the line of scrimmage, like, who's even coming close to that guy? It's classic. I mean, you know, Stephen, I mean, I said Stephen Ware again. What is going on? Spencer Ware is like, I mean, it's his job to lose right now. I don't see what happened with Sharkandrick West, but you, Jamal Charles, just relax. Yeah. You know, rest, get that ice treatment, get your massage, just let him handle business because he looks good. Yeah, don't rush good cooking, man. We, we'll, we'll, we'll bring you back in the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So, I, you know, the, the snap increase, it looks great for where. So let him have it. Let him run with it. Um. You know, the thing is playing next week. They're playing. They are. I'll t- they're playing the Texans, Houston Texans. Ooh, that's gonna be. That might be fun to watch. That'll that'll be a real test for Spencer Ware. Great defenses, man. Yeah, and I'm curious to see if they're able to sort of do the same thing in the passing game. You know, Macklin and Travis Kelsey were able to find some room. I hope Macklin they can get. Have a- no choice, really. I think they're gonna have no choice. They're gonna have to really get some short yardage going there. Yeah, which which hopefully means more Spencer Ware. Absolutely, I, I I don't love the quarterback. I've never been a big fan of Chiefs quarterback. You know, but, I've you never know. been a big fan of Alex Smith, but the last handful of years, he has proven to me that he's at least competent. Yeah, he had a really great game actually, and I mean, him and Macklin are uh, just a, they have just a, such a great on field chemistry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. He's just. There's something about Smith that just always—he's not that guy for me. But. No, no, he's—he's he's never been that guy for you know. One of the one one next podcast, I'll tell you this whole story about my brother-in-law and Alex Smith, and it's 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 all it's a whole funny thing, but it's it's a whole discussion about how I've never been a believer of Alex Smith. I was shocked when you know he turned things around with San Francisco. I mean, yeah. I I thought he was going to wash out in Kansas City. He really hasn't. Um, and you know what? Give credit to Andy Reid, man. He got ran out of he got yeah. run out of Philadelphia, but he has made a hell of a team in Kansas City, and that's something to be proud of. He goes to show Andy Reid. I mean, this is really he's like, hey, you know what? It's not all my fault. No, it's oh. not. You know what? He knows how to coach. He knows how to coach football. Yeah, he really does. Props to Andy Reid. Man. Uh, let's move on to a more defensive game: the Dolphins and the Seahawks. I uh, mean, that game got ugly. I 
Man, it was only a matter of time, I would say, before Russell Wilson. All the scrambling that guy did. Yeah. Sooner or later, he was going to take a hit he couldn't get up from. That offensive line is just... It's bad. You know what? Last year, man, last year was a problem, but Russell Wilson was just so good, it did not matter. Yeah. It was... He just planned around it. What? You guys are not going to hold up for me? Okay, I'll figure it out. And he just threw so many passes out of the pocket off the scramble. And after a while, you're like, you know what? This is the offense right here. This is what we're going to do. It's the ball one. Yeah. So, I, 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 now that he's got the ankle injury... It's going to be very fascinating to see. And there's there's all this talk about how he, it's not going to affect him. He's going to play. He'll be. I don't care what any of these guys say. We're going to see him looking gimpy. He's listen. He's healthy enough to play. He'll be on the field, but we're yeah, going to see not, this ankle injury affect his ability. He did not look okay. He didn't look week to week after that game. He looked. He's going to probably be coming more out of the shotgun. They they had a couple um, shotgun sets in that game, but he's definitely going to be a. He's not going to be the same guy next week. Just thank goodness you got Doug Bowen. So you, comp- you compile that on top of the offensive line looking sketchy, on top of the fact that the running game was pretty forgettable too. Christian Michael and and Thomas Rawls were splitting carries, and neither one of them looked particularly impressive. I still blame that whole thing on not giving a guy a chance to get a rhythm because when Thomas Rawls was that guy, he, he just ate it up. He destroyed I mean, I think they want to give him the ball back, but I think he's still recovering from this ankle injury. He got a really nasty ankle injury in December of last year, and I think he's still recovering. Man, if Christian Michael is... Is, is your guy who's, success, who is, who's taking over for Marshawn Lynch, uh, Houston, we have a problem. I hear Marshawn Lynch is talking about coming out of retirement. Dude, I heard that too, man. So, so would uh, he have to come back with Seattle, do you think? Or I don't know. I don't know what the rules are with that. I honestly don't. For a little while, I understand the idea that Megatron was probably going to be like, you know what, I want to play again. But does that mean he has to come back to the Lions? Uh, I bet you the Lions have something involved with his contract, saying that if he cho- if he chooses to come back in the next couple of years, he's got to. They at least have his rights. It's just so many things you wonder about what's underwritten on certain contracts. Like you can't retire and come back to someone else because otherwise we'd be everyone would be doing it. Otherwise, people would be like, all right, I'm retiring, and then two month two weeks later, you sign with another team. But yeah, I'm very curious to see what happens there. But I mean, the Seahawks, man. I don't know. They you know, they, they still did their magic. They still pulled it out at the end of the game. Russell Wilson was able to throw a touchdown to Doug Baldwin. They, they, you know, they worked magic. But we can't deny the fact that the first half of that, and the Dolphins, you know, Arian Foster was the show. He was pretty much doing everything, you know. I mean, the, they couldn't really get much going. Tannehill is nothing really impressive. Jarvis Landry was the process, possessive... Re- the possession receiver, but, you know, Arian Foster was about the only exciting thing on that team, and, you know, they, they nearly won. For me, the Dolphins really haven't really changed much from the team that they were last year. When you think about it, Arian Foster switched places with Lamar Miller, and they're asking to fill the same role as Lamar Miller. Yeah. he's an older back. So, I mean, really, granted, Arian Foster started off with those injuries. He looks great out there. He had a couple of really nice catches, too, out of the backfield. Uh, he is just, I will watch him any any day, anywhere, anyhow. I think Arian Foster is such an exciting player to watch. He's, he's a great runner, and it's really amazing to see him come back from such a, t- a terrible Achilles injury. And he comes back, and you said it, he looks good. Yeah, I mean, he's going to go far against the Seahawks defense, too. So imagine you put that against a defense that is not as tough and just doesn't beat you up as much. Yeah. He's going to have a great season. 
Yeah, I I agree with that. I'm I'm very high on Arian Foster, and you know the Seahawks. Ugh, I don't I don't I don't know. The, you know, after seeing what happened on Sunday, I'm sitting there going, you know, is this a nine and seven team? Is this an eight and eight team? That side is exactly how I feel right now, Bono. It's just it's, it's you're gonna have to just wait and see. You gotta just ride it out, really. No, I completely agree. Um, let's move on from this game because I don't even I, I kind of feel bad talking about it. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the Giants-Cowboys game. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott looked great. Or, well, listen, they looked exciting. They looked competent. They held the ball a lot. Like, if you look at the numbers, the Dallas Cowboys held the ball probably twice as long as the Giants, but they couldn't get into the end zone. I mean, Ezekiel Elliott had a touchdown, but there was a lot of field goals. And... You know, I started coming away thinking, you know, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott didn't, he did not blow me away. I didn't sit there being like, oh my God. It wasn't like Todd Gurley's first game last year, you know? Um, I look at the thing where I look at uh, Adrian Peterson. I think he's going to be okay. I think, let's run, the Giants defense is a lot better, especially against the the run. They're a lot better this year. And I I mean, you got a rookie quarterback out there. I think they expected Ezekiel Elliott to get those runs and put put, a, put him in a situation where, you know what, you got to run right through it. you got to beat it. So they, they made it tough on him. Yeah, so and, Prescott, and I think Dak Prescott, he looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He had a couple nice throws. He had a couple nice throws. But, uh, you know, I think the, the Cowboys as a whole are still suffering from the quarter. You know, not that Dak is dragging them down, but it's like this is a rookie quarterback. You know, Des Bryant's stock went down. He didn't look very, you know, D- Dak Prescott was doing, he was a check down machine, man. He was throwing to Jason Witten, his tight end, and throwing to Cole Beasley, his number three receiver, like it was going That's out of style. That's not that one chance. I think it's been, it would have been okay if he caught that touchdown and actually held it. Mm-hmm. He, he lost it on the ground, but I, I mean, he only got, I think, three or four times the period the whole game, which is obviously not going to fly if you're the Cowboys. You yeah. need Des Bryant to be... And I don't think that's that's his fault. I think it's that he's getting double coverage. He's a number one receiver, and Dak Prescott is not a, a quarterback who who feels comfortable throwing into double coverage yet. Yeah, it really... And it showed, too. It really showed on the, uh, on the board there. And so I, I can see why Ezekiel Elliott, you know, he's not going to have that day where he's just running free out there, especially the Giants, like, well, we've got your number. We know exactly what we need to do to win this game. God, it would just be such a different, it would be such a different look if Tony Romo was out there. It's, it really would, uh, and it should, I mean, it's one of those obvious, you know, this game, you've got all the weapons you need to actually make the Giants sweat it out a little bit. And especially when Eli is still throwing picks, you know, you had opportunities to, to, to win it, but there's not with two rookies on your, uh, in your backfield. Yeah, and that defense, that God, the defensive backs for the Cowboys. My God, it just, <laughs> ugh, they just make me gag. Uh, let's. Uh, segment. You got Odell Beckham Jr. You got Victor Cruz who's healthy again. Dude, Victor Cruz doing the salsa. Man, he. I, I, I was so happy when I saw that man. Yeah, it was a good feeling. I'm a Jets fan, but I, even then, I was still happy to see him out there because they said the 700 days. He hasn't played since 2014. He hasn't yep. been on the field since 2014, which is, I mean, come back and score a touchdown. Good for him. God bless him. And that drive, he looked good. Like, that particular drive, he just showed up, and, like, Eli hit him with a few passes, and then he caught him in the end zone. It was just, they were getting going. The Giants looked like the Giants. Yeah, that was the good thing about it. Man, when this team is actually 
all together on the field and healthy and that offense is coming, you, you're like, man, this Giants team, like, you see why they're, you know, always supposed to be in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, Odell Beckham is a, is a phenom, and Sterling Shepard looked pretty darn good, too. Everyone was touting him during the preseason, and you know what? He showed up in game one. Yeah, that kid, I mean, there's a number three now, right? Did he, did, I don't remember, did he score touchdowns? Yeah, he did. Uh, Cruz and uh, and Sterling Shepard and Larry Donnell scored touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, they, that offense looked good, and credit to Eli. I mean, he, he gets his wide receivers involved. So, I mean, every now and then, besides doing that typical Eli, this why did you throw that pass? He's he, he puts up the numbers. He's he's got a he's got a fair amount of those Jay Cutler like what the hell were you thinking? But he's got more of the beautiful touchdowns yeah, to go with it. Yeah, it stands out for him. Yeah. He, but yeah, the Giants man. I mean, he and obviously Eli's got he actually goes down the field and has game winning drive. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like the guy the guy has won a couple of Super Bowls. You can't take that poise yeah. out of him. I think that's what makes people so crazy. It's like, how is this guy still in the league? I'm like, uh, you do remember he's beaten the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. Not once, he's beaten them twice. Yeah. So, I mean, he's got to be doing something right. Yeah, and you know, for all of his faults, it's like I'd still have Eli as my quarterback any day of the week. It's true. So, I'm, I'm looking forward to next week when they play the Saints because it's going to be... It's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be a barn burner, man, for sure. It's going to be exciting. I'm, I'm, I can't wait. Um... Let's uh, let's move. Uh, we only got a couple more games left. We've been rocking and rolling. We're at an hour and a half now. Uh, we're, we're it's the home stretch. So, Patriots, Cardinals, Jimmy Garoppolo, no Tom Brady, no Rob Gronkowski. They pull out the road victory. Can you believe that shit? I mean, I, part of me just feels like just imagine the Patriots team bus and me just running up to the side of it and just trying to flip it over. Oh my god. I, I can't believe I, – I thought for sure, you know, the Cardinals would at least come out there and, and smack them in the mouth or pull out a win. I mean, to what? The yeah, Patriots, it's like, have they been blessed by the devil or something? They can't lose. The amount of injuries and suspensions – even the team owner for the Cardinals said losing to the Patriots is unacceptable. And I actually, for once, I understand where he's coming from because this is the one time, the one time – your best opportunity to beat them, and you don't. No Gronk, no Brady. Um, they're missing one of their best um, running backs in the backfield to catch the football. Yeah, and and they trotted out there um, Malcolm Mitchell, and they trotted out there. Uh, or I'm so, right, Malcolm Mitchell. I think is the guy on the Patriots. They've got some other wide receiver I've never even heard of. Who? No, you're right. Not to mention is the guy, and I think who's out? Martellus Bennett. Martellus uh, Bennett, who didn't even get that much work. I mean, it was. No, he's blocking. He spent most of the game blocking. He spent most of the game blocking. Like Garrett Blunt was doing what he always does. I mean, he had he had one great run in the end zone where there's no one. He's just, the guy's just flying off of him. They couldn't stop him. And James White as the pass catching. Ba- I mean, the Patriots. They just. They just. They figure it out every time. And Garoppolo, you know, he looked decent. He looked good enough to carry the game. Good game manager. And the Cardinals, now the Cardinals, David Johnson is, okay, he is absolutely worth every penny. You know, David Johnson is is, is here, and he's here to stay. Uh, I mean, I love him. Even with the Cardinals' loss, I think he's just going to go nowhere but up. 
David Johnson won my uh, my fantasy league for me last year because I picked him up towards the end, and I mean, especially those last couple games of the season, man, he just really poured it on. And yeah, and because he runs the ball and he catches it, and he's just so that that stutter step, that jump cut he's got is. There's no one, no one who even knows what to do. There's Darren Headlights when he comes at you. And he's and young. He's he got an entire training camp as the lead back. Like last year, they were still rolling in Andre Ellington and Chris Johnson. Now they are, they are just shamelessly like, dude, you're the man. Here's the rock. They wanted him. They wanted him to be the man, but I think he still, he had a little bit of a fumbling issue. I think. Right. Oh yeah, did he? I uh, I still like Carson Palmer, but they've got three wide receivers who are all excellent. Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Floyd, John Brown. Now, Fitzgerald was magic in this game, catching what? two touchdown passes that were breathtaking, not to what mention... Just, well, Cap, what, are those, what are those touchdown passes from Fitzgerald, man? Just over, over his head. Amazing! This whole, I mean, I don't even know how to... I mean, how did he even... Is this football instincts that made him catch that touchdown? But just beautiful. And people said he was washed up, and he's still proving them wrong. Dude, amazing. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, when is gonna when is his last season going to show up? I thought it was going to be this last year. Now we're talking about... No. Dude, he'll be back next year. He's got a couple years left, and he doesn't even have to have that many snaps. He just needs the short yardage possession. Yeah. Just get him football in the end zone, and he's fine. If you had to start or pick one of those three receivers, who would you pick? Uh, Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd. Michael Floyd is, I mean, he's the future, obviously. John Brown didn't really do much. I think he's still recovering from that concussion. I think you're, I agree. He didn't really do much this game. I think he had maybe two catches, if even, and it wasn't for much. So he's still kind of out of it. Last year, he was great. He was fantastic last year. So, um, I mean, I'm still going to go with Fitzgerald. If you get down to the 20 yard line, I mean, still on the football. Still on the football and see what happens. Yeah, and I think at least um, from a consistency standpoint, Fitzgerald's probably the most consistent option that's out there. Like, you know, the other guys are good, but, uh, you know, I don't really know if Michael Floyd's going to show up every week, whereas I kind of feel like Fitzgerald will. I think what happened last year was uh, Fitzgerald was kind of phased out. He was the number three. And I think just as time went on the season, he just, kind of poured it on until finally you're like you know what we're sorry I don't know why we're trying to push you out in the first place because you obviously because you're obviously still the man yeah really so I mean I'm, I'm happy he's still around I'm happy he's still killing he kept him in that game Dude. Big catches. amen man they they came so close to beating the Patriots I just I just I thought the Patriots should have lost that game <laughs> um okay Monday Night Football two more games on the slate Steelers Redskins Antonio Brown knows how to twerk and twerk well. The baddest man on the planet. Baddest I mean, man on the planet. Even after he nearly fumbles it, which they ended up saying was an incomplete pass, he then has two magic touchdowns, puts up gigantic numbers, and he ends up, you know, cashing in and verifying his number one overall fantasy football pick. Um, just a savage. Just absolutely. Like, it's, it's amazing that he continues to do this. There is no slowdown at all. And he's been doing this while being underpaid. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wait till they have to actually open the piggy bank for this guy. Dude. I mean, there's no. There's no. You can't be in negotiation. You can't talk him down. And these these are. Not many people have numbers like this. I remember there was a game last year. I think it was against the Bengals. I think they played the Bengals, where he had like 17 catches and like 220 yards for three touchdowns. And it was, I remember, and it's not like the secondary of the Cincinnati is that bad, but it was just, I go ahead and take the football from me. Go ahead and knock it away from me. They could not stop him. I mean, he's a bad, bad man. Now, just imagine, just imagine how good the Steelers would be if Martavis Bryant could figure out a way to stay on the football. Oh, man. And, you know, now, speaking of Martavis Bryant not being on the field, Eli Rogers. So he was the guy He was the guy who caught the touchdown that bounced off Sammy Coates' hands. <laughs> he looked good out there, Eli Rogers. I thought he looked good. That was that was another positive thing where I'm like, is this the guy they're going to they're gonna send out there with Antonio Brown? Because that's pretty good. Because uh, is Marcus Wheaton still injured? I think he was supposed to be that number two guy, but if Eli could keep this up, then he might have a, a, a little promotion there. It was uh, it was supposed to be Wheaton, but I believe Wheaton is still injured. He didn't play. Ah, uh, okay. And uh, Martinez suspended for how long? Um, I think the whole season. Oh my God! What an idiot! So stupid, dude. I know. I just. Come on, can't you figure out somebody? Just, just I don't, I don't know how these drug tests work, but it's like. I mean, it's terrifying for me to say this, I, 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 but there were times he just has because he's huge. I think he's six four, but he just had flashes of like Randy Moss disability, mm-hmm. and it's amazing to see. And it was a couple times where he, last year where they just threw it through the end zone, and it was just there's no way anyone else would have caught that football. I mean, dude, he was the home run hitter. He had like three or four games in a row where he caught like a sixty yard touchdown. Yeah, and I just. It's just a shame, man, because you know what? If the man wants to smoke a joint, he should be able to smoke a joint. I, yeah, I mean, that being said, I mean, Ben Roethlisberger. Dude, Ben Roethlisberger looked great. You know, even even the first quarter, the Redskins came out and, and kind of looked impressive. Um, but Roethlisberger, you know, the Steelers, when they were actually throwing the ball down the field and, and coming back and taking the lead... I sit there and I go, this is a championship caliber team. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger is poised. He's calm. He gets the ball out. How about D'Angelo Williams, man? D'Angelo Williams is a stud, and he will be a stud until Le'Veon Bell comes back. It makes me so happy. And I wish wish the Steelers would just say, you know what? It is your job to lose. Stop giving it to Le'Veon Bell. Right? I I mean, I think it's great that they have both options, but is D'Angelo Williams a better option? He might be. With, with Stewart, it was all it was such a mess having the two of them he split time. Just traded one guy away and let one man be the feature back It just there. took but them it took them years to do that, and once they finally did it last year, both of them began thriving. Yeah, I think I think the Steelers got the better end of that deal, but man, D'Angelo Williams is so bad. He still, you know what? Maybe that split time is what kept him so fresh. Hey, you know what? That's the Steelers' benefit right now. Um, anything to take away on this Redskins team? Do you like that? He's never beat the 500 team or over 500 team. Dude, he, the Redskins, it, it looked bad. I did not like the running game. Matt Jones, 
Chris Tom- I don't Bill like that running Bill game at all. Just a hot, like they shouldn't have let Alfred Morris walk. I mean, at, at moments like that, I'm like, get Alfred Morris back out here and just give him the ball. He'll at least do something. I think it's just funny. Uh, I mean, what did they give him? Did they franchise tag? Uh, they what franchise they? tagged Captain Kirk. They did franchise tag Cousin. So he got $20 million for one year. Yep. And I think RG3 over the course of three or four years, got a total of $20 million. Wow. So, I mean... It's funny how those things work. And Kirk Cousins is straight up like, I was making six hundred grand last year, and now I'm making $20 million. And if they try to franchise tag him again next year, I think he goes up to like $24 million. Yeah, well, um, he's got he's to gotta earn that. I don't know if he's... There's, the whole thing is, can he earn it this year? Earn it. So the Redskins are in a, a situation if they come through this year and Cousins hasn't delivered. That's, dude, I don't know if they have a backup plan. You're talking about going back to the draft and drafting another franchise quarterback. I mean, hey, what are you paying for, really? You're not paying for for a championship. (laughs) Snyder. But, you know, I mean, it's not like management out there has made some super great decisions anyway. Apparently apparently Snyder seems very okay with blowing cash on anyone and anything. Just ask Albert Hainsworth. Oh, my gosh. I forgot all about that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Speaking of speaking of Albert Hainsworth, uh, I think we all forgot about the fact that Josh Norman is on this Redskins defense that got smoked last night. Well, you know what happened though. Um, Josh Norman wasn't even actually covering Antonio Brown. Oh, of course, of they course he wasn't. They didn't switch over. It didn't make any sense to me. Why would you not have Dude. your best corner on the best receiver, not on the team in the league? I mean, that is that is straight up. That's bad coaching, if you ask me. Mind-boggling. Someone, I don't know, someone should not have a job for that. But. The one thing to take away is Deshaun Jackson was pretty good, and um, I think Deshaun Jackson's always been known as a boomer-bust guy, but I think he might become a little bit more consistent this year because I think they want to throw the ball a lot in Washington. They need it. They really need it because, I mean, uh, Pierre, Pierre Garçon, I mean, they need more guys. They need short yardage guys because you can't, you can't throw it downfield every single time. Yeah. And then they have Gordon Reed was a great red zone threat. He was, and he was great last night. I mean, you know, they have the weapons. They just really need to kind of utilize them a little better. I I agree, and I uh, I'm curious to see what they do next week. They're playing the Cowboys. I think that'll be a little bit more of a of a of a gritty smash mouth game with a you know a, a team like the Redskins that's trying to figure themselves out, and a team like the Cowboys that's trying to figure themselves out. Yeah, I mean, get the running game involved in that one for sure. They're gonna need it. They're gonna need to kind of. Just stretch out the possession time. And if you get to if you go to a running game, I think the favors for the Cowboys in that. Yeah, it's looking like it. We'll see, man. It's going to be kind of a, a a second a second chance for both teams. Yeah. The last game on the docket, the second of a doubleheader for Monday night, was the Rams and the Niners. I don't know if you stayed up super late to watch it. I actually did because one of the perks of being in Texas is I'm an hour earlier than everybody, so I didn't have to stay up. Till two in the morning to watch the game. I'm still you go to bed early, buddy. I mean, do you want to talk about this one? I mean, the Rams, man. They Dude, they were they were so bad. They were so bad. Uh, and Todd Gurley, Todd Gurley. I'm sorry, but now it's looking like that all of that excitement from last year was just a couple of good games. Yeah, and and I I know people are really high on Todd Gurley. I get it. I understand it. But the fact remains. When your quarterback situation is really dicey, 
I mean, defenses are not really going to, you know, respect you. They're yeah. going to load up and, in the box. And, and Case Keenum pretty- did not look very impressive. He threw two interceptions. And they're sitting here saying Jared Goff, the number one pick in the draft, is going to be our third quarterback. He's not ready. I mean, he he looks, he looks a little frazzled out there. I, I watched a little bit of um, Goff, but he just does not look ready. No, and also, he doesn't have the weapons anyway. The Rams do not have the weapons of wide receiver. No. Tavon Austin is great. Dude, and they gave Tavon Austin so much money, and this guy is like a gadget player. Yeah, he's exactly. That's, that's the perfect word, actually, because he's not fit for one specific role. He can run the football for you. He can catch the football, but they haven't really given him a role specifically. I mean, there's tons of guys in, in the league who have that multi-purpose uh, role, but, they, you know, the kind of money they gave him, that's he th- should be doing money. No, he, he should be doing A.J. Green stuff for the kind of money they paid him. I know that's just mind-boggling. I know he's super talented and he's super fast, but, I mean, give him a roll and let him stick to it. He's got to be catching, like, 100 screen passes this friggin' year for that kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, just the Rams. On the other side of the ball, the Niners were actually, you know, Chip Kelly's Niners. Carlos Hyde was running a lot. Blaine Gabbert looked fairly competent. Um, I'm actually, they use Jeremy Curley a lot on this Niner team, and uh, I'm starting to think he might be a decent uh, pickup in fantasy as a possession receiver. I mean, it's, it's interesting. I, I don't really know the uh, the 49ers receiving core, but I, I It's Torrey Smith and a bunch of unknown guys. Because Curley, yeah, Curley was like the number three in the Jets when, uh, what was it, two years ago? I think it was two years yeah. before Fitzpatrick came into town, and mm-hmm. I was like, man, it's this is how far you guys have fallen. Amazing. I thought Curly was out of the league. No, he's did the the Niners have a very forgettable receiving core, and he's part of it. Huh. I mean, yeah, that's like actually probably a good fit. I don't know how many targets he got last night, but uh, I'll find out. What do you think about Carlos Hyde? He got two rushing touchdowns and a lot of work. Do you think it's you? Th- can he keep that going all season? Carlos Hyde's problem is really just the offense. I mean, it should change Chip Kelly, but really his problem before is that he has the potential. I remember last year, I think the first game of the season, he blew up. He had two touchdowns the first game of the season last year. That's exactly he right. Had, he had a great game, but I mean, it still boils down to you got to beat us. You got to beat us in the air and the ground because if we don't respect you in one, we're just going to load up in the other. Um, <laughs> Jeremy Curley led the team with tar- with 11 targets. I mean, that's. That's definitely worth a look. A guy's getting 11 targets in the game. He, he's got to get some of them down. And even if he doesn't get huge yardage, he's going to get you those points per reception. Yeah, he's going to be a nice PPR pickup. That's that's a nice find, Jeremy Curley. Good call, buddy. Okay, so it's uh, I'm at an hour 40. Thank you, everyone, for listening. But now the last piece of, uh, of our show, we got to go through pigskin pick them for next week. Let's go through the slate of games and pick winners. Are, are you game for that, Shaka? Let's do it. All right. Pigskin Pick'em Thursday night. Jets, Bills, in Buffalo. Shaka, who you got? I can't go against my Jets. I mean, granted, they're in Buffalo. That Buffalo Bills team looks a little shaky. Let's see what happens with Sammy Watkins. That injury, who knows? He might actually be fine next week and twitch his Revis, or he might not. And hopefully the Jets' pass rush can keep our boy Tyrod Taylor contained. So I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. I, uh, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Jets as well. I think the Bills looked pretty inept, and I think the Jets, even though they lost, they were playing a really good Bengals team. And this is a Jets team that won 10 games in, last year and still missed the playoffs. I think they're pretty darn good. I'm picking the Jets as well, even on the road. Um, next up, 
Cincinnati Bengals, Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Who you got? I mean, this was definitely last year. Bengals Steelers last year was one of the best games. I don't know if anyone even saw that game, but it was. It's always a good it was, game. It was a shootout and a great game, and the Steelers, I think, won it on a field goal. But that was the game I was talking about, actually, where Antonio Brown pushed them 17 yep. catches, 100 mm-hmm. yards. So uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers again on this one, and it's going to be interesting because, I mean, A.J. Green going to get the ball even more. So it's going to be like the two best wide receivers in the league. I am going I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to pick the Steelers as well. Those two teams, it's always a bloody smash mouth of a rivalry matchup. But I think with in Pittsburgh, the Steelers kind of find a way to pull it out and they usually use that home field to their advantage. I think you're right. I think it's going to be a nail biter down to the last minute, but I think the Steelers are going to pull it out. Um Tennessee Titans, Detroit Lions in Detroit. Who you got? Game. Such an ugly game it's gonna be. I don't even know if I can watch this. Ah, I think man. this could be classified as the fugly game. If the Titans can just kind of accept that Mariota's is not really ready to be the man man and just run the football. Because the Lions the Lions play a solid defense, but they're they're just not there. I'd say I'm gonna go with the Titans on this one, but unbelievably. Because I, I don't really want to go against Matthew Stafford, but Let's see the Titans pull this one out somehow. I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions at home. I think that uh, they they looked pretty exciting uh, on the road against Indianapolis, and I don't have much faith in Tennessee at all. So I'm actually going to go with the Lions on this. I'm just going to be risky in this one, but I don't blame you. I like it, man. I like it. I like it, I like it when we disagree. <laughs> um, next up, speaking of Bengal Steelers AFC North rivalry, we've got the Baltimore Ravens against the Cleveland Browns in Cleveland. The old Browns versus the new Browns. Who you got? Another ugly one. one. This one, I'm going to go with, I mean, the Browns, the Browns, they just look. You're going to take Josh McCown at home? No, no way. I mean, I'm going to go with Ravens on this one, buddy. I mean, the Browns have a lot of new blood on the field. They they had a lot of draft picks this offseason. I think they're still not they're not gelled yet. So I'm gonna go ahead and say Joe Flacco healthy. He's got Mike Williams, got Steve Smith. I think they gotta pull out. And that Ravens defense, I mean, just look what they did to the Bills last week. I, I completely agree with you. I'm picking the Ravens as well. I think the defense coming at Cleveland is still a joke to me. Now you've got Josh McCown out there. I think the Terrell Suggs, they're going to they're gonna create all kinds of havoc for Josh McCown, and I think uh, Flacco in the running game and the passing game is going to put on another show. This looks like it'll be more of a blowout, if anything. Uh, yeah. still, still physical, not- though. Still physical. Who knows? It's, probably, it, it might, it's either going to be low scoring or it's going to be a blowout, but either way, I'm staying Ravens. Definitely. Next up, Dallas Cowboys at the Washington Redskins. Who you got? Ooh, this one is tough. You know what? Kirk Cousins, you got to win some point, buddy. I'm going to go Redskins on this one. It's a tough call, but you got two rookies still in Dallas, and they got to still have to figure out how to get Prescott and Bryant on the same page. If they do that, then there's a serious problem. Because Elliott can get really involved in the running game, but I'm going to go Redskins on this one. I uh, I agree. I'm going to also pick the Redskins as well. I think even though they lost against a better Steelers team, you said it. This uh, the rookies of Prescott and Elliott are just they got to figure out how to work together. Like you said, they got Prescott's got to figure out how to work with Bryant. They got to figure out how to get more than field goals on the board. So I think at home in Washington, after a rough Monday night loss, Captain Kirk and the Redskins will pull out the win. 
next up, your Shaka's game of the week. New York Giants, New Orleans Saints in New York. Who you got? I don't think want to call this. Honestly, this really comes down to who has home field advantage because, man, this, I feel like it's going to be a ton of touchdowns in the air. And not, obviously not as much as I think it was six touchdowns to seven last year. God, but, um, so many touchdowns. Giants at home. Giants have a much improved defense over last year. They're still going to get pushed. That secondary still still got a lot to prove. They're still going to get burned, but they're going to win this one probably by about 12 or 14 points. I uh, I think it'll be closer than that, but I'm also going to go with the New York Giants at home. I think their defense is better than the Saints. Um, I think it will absolutely be a fireworks, uh, fireworks-filled shootout between Breeze and Manning, but I am picking the Giants as well, so I'm with you there. Uh, next up is the San Francisco 49ers against the Carolina Panthers in North Carolina. Who you got? This is going to be brutal. I mean, that Panthers team is probably a little upset. So they're going to come out here, and I think they're going to stomp all over the 49ers. That running game, I mean, Carlos Hyde is pretty great, but I guess that Panthers front line, I mean, is going to revert back to what we saw pretty much most of last year. I completely agree. I think that as as exciting as the the Niners had that win against the Rams, the Rams are not the Panthers. The Panthers are going to be pissed after that loss. They're going to chew up the Niners like it's breakfast, and I think that uh, Carlos Hyde's going to have a lot of trouble with that defensive front. I'm picking the Panthers as well. Um, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots in Foxborough. Who you got? I mean, Patriots. God, Patriots. They just don't lose at home, man. I mean, Belichick, you you madman who's probably going to go down as the greatest coach of all time. And, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever going to take that away from him, ever. There's no way it was the, the, the Dolphins. It's just, the Dolphins look like the same team as they did last year. Mm-hmm. Just the swap between Lamar Miller and, and uh, Foster. But I'm definitely going Patriots in this one. I'm going to agree with you. I'm going with the Patriots as well. It's hard for them to lose at home, even with Garoppolo. And now that we've seen Garoppolo is pretty competent and can win a big game on national TV on the road, I'm definitely going to go with the Patriots as well. I'm agreeing with you. Uh, next on the list would be um, Kansas City Chiefs, Houston Texans in Houston. Who you got? This is a really tough call because, I mean, really, this is an ideal matchup for both teams. In terms of just both great defenses, both their quarterbacks are solid. And, I mean, just the wide receivers on both sides are pretty good, too. I think Jeremy Macklin's a little underrated. But he puts up big numbers. I mean, again, tough call, but I'm gonna have to go. Man, Texans at home looks good. I uh, I'm also I'm sitting here now because this is also a tough call. This is one of the tougher matchups I think I've looked at so far on this slate. Both teams kind of looked impressive coming off a big, exciting win. Um, but I'm gonna go with you on this one. I'm gonna give. Uh, I'm gonna call the Texans. I'm going to say at home, their defense is going to be nasty. I think they're going to exact a little revenge for that embarrassing playoff loss they suffered at the hands of the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, you know, until they came back and won the game, they were struggling against the Chargers. And I think uh, J.J. Watt, Jadavian Clowney, Brock Osweiler in the offense, I think there's going to be some fireworks, and I agree with you. Texans are going to pull this one out. Um, Seattle Seahawks against the Los Angeles Rams. First game in Los Angeles in 20 years. Who you got? Ooh. All right. Well, first off, let's hope that uh, Russell Wilson is actually okay. Agreed. I mean, 
the Rams defense isn't awful. They're actually pretty solid, but I mean, they're going to have to keep pressure on Russell Wilson so he doesn't just pick him apart and have Doug Baldwin all over him. But, um, and also, I think the Seahawks just, they need this. I'm going to go Seahawks on this one. I'm going to go Seahawks as well. It's even if Russell Wilson doesn't play. You know, I know the Rams match up well against Seattle. Jeff Fisher has a way of kind of finding a way to play the Rams pretty well, but uh, just they looked so bad, or, or play, playing the Seahawks pretty well, but they looked so bad. They do. I, I, I got to give the benefit of the doubt to the Seahawks. They're just the Rams have not proven it for me. Uh, next up, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Arizona Cardinals in Phoenix. Who you got? This is one of the more interesting games. Um, Definitely. Uh, man, you know what? I'm gonna go on a limb and I'll say this. I'll say the Bucks could win this if well first of all, you don't throw it against Patrick Peterson on the Cardinals because he's an absolute black hole and he would take everything in. Mm-hmm. I agree. But if Winston, if Winston can focus on um targeting the other side, they have a rookie corner out there and I think he's only been a corner for a year. He's yeah, a Brian Williams, player. he got exposed on uh on that Patriots game. And I think they have a chance, not to focus on that, but they got some, but the Bucks have great running backs, they've got some great wide receivers, and their defense is pretty solid. They've got a chance, so I'm going to go Bucks. Wow. I'm, uh, I'm going I'm to pick the Cardinals, man. I, I think this is a monster, monster team that uh, lost a rough one at home, and I think they're going to bounce back, and I don't think it's going to be easy for them, but I think they're going to take out some of that anger on the Bucks. I'm going to bank on Carson Palmer being the one to, to flip this one, too. I think he's probably going to throw a couple picks, mm. and he's going he's to keep them in the game. Okay. All right. I like, I like these picks when we disagree. Uh, next on the list, Jacksonville Jaguars, San Diego Chargers in San Diego. Who you got? Man, this is another ugly one. I mean... Right? I, I mean, I like... Man, this is really hard to call this one. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> no Allen, no Keenan Allen really just takes the kind of, uh, takes the, the wind out of their sail. It takes, right? like, the bite away from the Chargers. The Chargers, I mean, I mean the reason I'm laughing is because I'm, I'm thinking of Danny Woodhead absolutely just, just putting a whopping on the Jaguars. And I, I don't really know if that's a, a plausible, uh, that's a plausible reality. Can we really bank on that? I mean, at the same time, Blake Bortles doesn't look like a bad quarterback. He doesn't. I, 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 man. I think I'm going to go Jaguars on this one. You know, this is also a tricky one as well because I'm, I'm struggling to figure out who to pick as well. And you know what? I think I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with the Jaguars as well. I'm excited about their defense. I like their new offense with Bortles and the two Allens. I think they're getting better. And the Chargers are getting hit by injuries. And you said it, man. Without Keenan Allen, this is a totally different team. And San Diego, I don't really know how great of a home court advantage they have. And I, you know, I, I'm going to pick the Jaguars as well on the road. That's. I'm, I'm laughing really because actually what I'm doing right now is I'm Google searching uh, a picture of Danny Woodhead. <laughs> and I just remember they had one of his pictures and he had his little thin, wispy mustache. So if you're listening to this, go and just Google Danny Woodhead. And dude, he's got a goofy like, looking mustache. He's got like one of those mustaches. It's like, dude, just shave that off your face. He looks like he just woke up in uh, a double wide. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to dominate against the Jaguars next week. I know. It's just, 
this guy? What? Uh, okay, uh, Atlanta Falcons, Oakland Raiders in Oakland. Who you got? Man, oh man, you know what? I think I'm going to give David Carr a chance this week. I said I wasn't high on him. But I mean, uh, they look good. Their team looks good. They got a nice little squad. They got Jack Del Rio, Mr. Gutsy. I'm a... Gonna... It's a close game, though. I mean, this is like a field goal difference. But Dude. I'm going to go with the Raiders at home. I'm going to go with the Raiders as well. I think the Atlanta Falcons and Matt Ryan play terribly when they're not at home in their dome. And I think they're going to have trouble in Oakland. And Oakland is trending upward, man. I think they're hot. I like what they're doing. I like Derek Carr. I like Jack Del Rio. I think they're going to pull out another win. And I'm picking the Raiders as well. I don't like Atlanta's running situation right now. It's too too murky. Dude, it's way too murky. And I don't even want to touch it with a fantasy uh, football poll either. I can't trust any of it. Yeah, it's really bleak. Colts, Broncos in Denver. Who you got? Man, this is gonna be it's gonna be a beatdown. I mean, I we may never see Andrew Luck run this much in his life. <laughs> we may not. This is just like like those movies you're walking down a dark alley and there's a whole bunch of guys with chains and 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 Sticks just following you. Going, hey man, I like those shoes. What size are they? I mean, I'm pretty sure the most prominent tap we're going to see at the bottom of the screen is uh, just the amount of times he's been sacked and hurried and thrown away the football. Yeah. So I'm going to go Broncos convincingly over the Colts. I'm with you. I'm going Broncos for the exact same reasons you just mentioned, man. I'm, it's hard to go against that defense, especially. I don't get injured, man. I really don't because Von Miller is a savage. I, I mean, I, he'll, he should be fine. He's come back from a torn ACL. I mean, he's he, he'll he'll be fine, man. He'll be fine. This de- and and they got other guys on that defense. Now, next game up, Sunday night game, Packers Vikings in the new Minnesota US Bank Stadium. Who you got? This is going to be a fun game. I think this is a good rivalry, good old fashioned rivalry. I agree. And I, I I'm kind of looking forward to seeing Aaron Rodgers stroll in and try to steal one out from underneath the good Vikings defense. I'm going to go with the Packers in a close game, probably a touchdown difference, the Packers being the Vikings, just because, I mean, Adrian Peterson, I mean, you can only carry your team so much. And it's also a good question, is Sam Bradford going to play? Mm. I mean, I'm curious. I, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be that savior and come in and make a big difference, but I'm just curious to see if he's going to have learned the offense by then and able to kind of tip the scales a little bit at home. I, uh, I'm i going to agree with you. I'm picking the Packers as well to come in and sort of steal the Vikings' thunder. I think Bradford, they'll probably trot him out there and see what he can do. Um, I uh, I just think, you know, the the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they, they find ways to pull out games, even though Minnesota's defense is going to be frightening. You know, I think they'll, on national TV, Aaron Rodgers will find a way to win. Um you go back and say, if you've got Stephon Diggs on your team, play him. Because it doesn't matter who's quarterback. I mean, he's the number one out there. The guy and has he, a great balance. He's going to get his. He's going to get targets either way, so play him. Monday Night Football, last game on the docket. My Philadelphia Eagles against the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field in Chicago. Who you got? This is the Carson Wentz test there. Mm-hmm. So let me see if he's actually cut out for this. Um, you know what, buddy? 
I'm going to root for the Eagles this week. Oh, thanks. I'm going to say Carson Wentz shows he's not just, you know, taking advantage of a really crappy Brown team. And I say Jay Cutler keeps on being Jay Cutler. He's going to give him a couple chances to get the ball down the field. He's going to turn it over at least once, at least. I'm going to go ahead and say he turns it over three times. Two picks and a fumble. Wow. Uh, yeah, I know. I don't. I just don't like Jay Cutler. Uh, and I really, I'm not even saying that to be mean. I think he's really going to have two picks and a fumble. Dude, um, I like your style, Shaka. I'm totally in agreement. Of course, I can't bet against my Eagles. I'm picking the Eagles. And that defense, I like Jim Schwartz and the Eagles D. And I think they are going to cause a lot of trouble for Jay Cutler. I'm going to hold you to that. You're, you're saying two interceptions and one fumble? And one fumble. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I like that a lot. Let's 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 keep that going. More information about the Eagles defense making Jay Cutler look like a fool. I like that. <laughs> well, Shaka, this has been a full-on podcast of a good solid two hours. We just ran through an entire slate of games and gave predictions for next week. I feel pretty filled up with some football. How you how about you? I know, man. My 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 mind here is just at the brim. I don't think there's anything I missed there. Dude, this was this was fantastic. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This was just a joy. I hope uh, I hope we can find time to do it. You know, as as often as we can. If we can do it every week, that's excellent. If if we can do it every other, whatever. I just this was excellent, and uh, I look forward to doing more of them with you. Hey, brother. Thank you for having me, man. I really appreciate it. And thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you everyone for listening to Sam Sports Podcast. Today has been the fantasy uh, Buddha podcast where I go over this week's games. We're going to come back next week, do it all over again. As always, subscribe to my podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Uh, like my Facebook page, Sam Sports Station. Follow me on Twitter at Smithface Jones. Follow me on Instagram at Sam Sports Station. Uh, we'll be back next week. Enjoy the games this week. And uh, Shaka, as always, thanks for coming on, man. Thank you for having me. Take care, guys. Yeah, take it easy, everyone. Bye-bye.